For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. And it's Friday as we head into the weekend. It's a free food Friday again today. Courtesy of ourselves and the most delicious food at Roosters Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So I'll tell you all about what the, what's involved in the feeding a little later on this morning. Suffice to say, it'll feed between 15 to 20 of you. Um, so uh, you want to get texting now or WhatsApping who you are and where you are and you, why, you want, why you want us to pick you for Free Food Friday today. Uh, text, WhatsApp, all that kind of jazz, 0868-104-106. It gets stuck into that and we'll start the shout-outs in about 45 minutes' time or so. Yesterday's programme, of course, was dominated by democracy or as the tarnished uh, and uh, Foreign Affairs Minister Michal Martin describes it on the front of the Echo today, fascist-like intolerance. It's the headline making the paper and it also is in many of the other newspapers as well with regards to the events at Leinster House. Uh, threat to democracy is the front pager making the echo. He says that uh, I think that some of these people are trying to create an alternative reality undermining our democracy. It almost approximates to sort of fascist-like behaviour. So even at government level and senior government level, labels and name-calling um, continues. There will be an investigation now into the mock gallows that were set up at the Dáil protest, according to the Irish Times this morning, uh, where they say there is legislation on this. It's understood that the erection of the gallows is being treated as a potential criminal offence by Angarda Shikana. There's legislation including incitement to hatred and public order uh, and threatening and intimidating behaviour and the gallows could well fall under that remit. remit. So um, there is talk uh, about a, uh, an investigation as a potential criminal offence and of course that gallows was um, next to um, you know, um, a, a dummy or a doll that had uh, a rope around his neck hanging from the, from the gallows with photographs of Leo Varadkar and uh, Mary Lou MacDonald uh, as well as uh, there was also a figure in a suit apparently with bundles of cash in its pockets and there was photographs of the Garda Commissioner Minister for Children and people like that so that's the front page of making the Irish Times today they are suggesting um, like many years ago they cordoned off and completely barred the public from walking up and down Downing Street. Now, that's not the House of Parliament in the in the UK, but it certainly is where uh, the Prime Minister lives, so you can't do that anymore. They're talking about now putting a 1.6-kilometre barrier uh, around Leinster House, according to this morning's Examiner's front page. That's being considered uh, for future protests as politicians are uh, in fear of aggressive demonstrations. They're actually taking... I, I don't know whether this would be... Like, clearly... Uh, you know, this wouldn't be a 1.6 kilometre bo- um, barrier around the doll forevermore. But they are talking about restrictions, restricting movements around the streets around uh, Leinster House. But the barrier could maybe have more to do with when there is going to be a planned protest. Assuming that the Garda should kind of get wind of protests, but Budget Day could be one that could be targeted for protesters to head back to the Dáil. It's a front page of making the mirror today, saying Budget Day Riot Act. The Garda are drawing up battle plans to protect our politicians with a ring of steel to protect Leinster House on Budget Day itself. But there was a woman actually um, who was caught up in the melee and the protests that turned nasty. And it's a front page story from the Sun today. Her name is Lorraine Clifford Lee. She was there with her nine-year-old daughter 
Her daughter saw the gallows with the hanging effigy of the dummy or the doll um, and asked her mammy if her picture, if her mammy's picture, was amongst those up on the gallows. Apparently the child, <coughs> the child actually, uh, I read one of the papers this morning, uh, that she um, she lay down on the floor of her mum's car. Um, Lorraine Clifford Lee is a senator and she lay down on the floor of her mum's car and she hid under a towel on the floor of the car. In other news, and again I mentioned the word budget um, and there will be a budget day and it will be a little later on in October but they're planning to repeat the once-off payments to families and to pensioners and those who are social welfare recipients, people with disabilities, people in receipt of fuel allowances and carers and God knows many of them need the extra money and this once-off payment apparently is going to be brought back into the budget. But one thing that won't be coming back is energy prices before um, we headed into and out of, say for instance, COVID and the war in the Ukraine. So gas and electricity bills are unlikely to fall back uh, to prices before there was the ridiculous increases in both, meaning that it will never go back to the way it was. But whatever does go back to the way it was, particularly with regards to the price of things in Ireland, the only thing that comes down is the rain. So that's a story that makes the, the mail today. And then RTE dominates many of the papers. This is a story just doesn't go away. It just keeps on giving. It's like a drip feeding of constant information. In the past few weeks, Leo Varadkar wants to split RTE in two. I thought it was, Leo, split in two, public sector and a commercial sector in both when they should only be one or the other. Wake up. Come on. It's the front page of making the mail today. Um, meanwhile, of course, there are supposedly exit packages for various senior heads in RTE who are no longer there, including D Forbes and indeed including the former commercial director Geraldine O'Leary and the former chief financial officer Brenda O'Keefe. O'Keefe. So they're all now gone from but the PAC committee wants details of their exit package. If there was an exit package for each of them and how much they got to go. But RT, you're refusing to give those details. Uh, within our schools then, and that RT story is far from finished, I can tell you that. Um, within our schools then, um, apparently the big conversation in the staff room is artificial intelligence and chat GPT, GBT. Uh, that's apparently what teachers are talking about more than anything. I'm not saying that. It's a story making the mirror today because teachers now are going to have to be trained in AI um, because um, there apparently isn't a worry that continuous assessment in classes um, could actually be um, uh, influenced over the period of the year or two years of, say, leaving certificate by AI work. You know, the assessments that the students are doing as opposed to the exam setting, uh, you know, for leaving certificate exams or end of year exams in school that AI could be doing all of the continuous assessment assessment on behalf of the pupils themselves. <clears throat> you see, one of the stories that came out of the ploughing is that uh, it's buried away in the mail this morning that farmers now are calling for prenup agreements to protect themselves in the case of a divorce. That if the if the marriage goes south, um, that they may well lose the farm or 50% of the farm or the family holdings uh, might be divided up. So they want prenups. 
So farmers like, I don't know, I mean, obviously they, they obviously must be worried about this potentially happening, a farm that's been in the family for maybe hundreds of years. But it sounds quite Hollywood to me every time I hear about, about prenups. And meanwhile, while some get free buses, of course, and we know of that all too often, uh, others can't get them at all, particularly uh, parents in Cork who have children going to school. And it's a bit of a lottery as to whether they can get them on a school bus. It's kind of sad, really. It's very divisive in society for those that are provided buses uh, to get around and that unfortunately others regards to school runs whose children might live fairly I mean you could be looking at, uh, there's a story in the, in the Echo this morning, somebody work, living in Upper Glanmire and the child goes to school in St. Coleman's College in Formoy. No bus place for them There's a story also, um, and this one continues to dominate the news very much and this is the carry-on in Temple Street Hospital where they're now saying, you know these un- unauthorised medical devices uh, that had no safety mark on them being implanted into children with spina bifida. It was known uh, apparently for two years before the alarm was ever raised on it. It's a front pager making the uh, Times this morning. And there are many then uh, medical related stories. And this one quite interested me because, <coughs> um, y- you know, you can see the benefit and also to some extent the cruelty in it. So 118,000 animals were killed in Ireland for medical research since 2020. So in two calendar years, they're just over it, nearly 120,000 animals and you know uh, we're talking about a lot of our university hospitals and colleges including University College Cork uh, so that's the figure 120,000 for medical research purposes in our top universities that would include over 102,000 mice it also would include nearly 16,000 rats but you're also talking about rabbits and frogs for medical research. Um, at the same time, then, there's another story that makes the star to say, showing that that kind of research, and the example that's given has to do with research in paralysed mice, um, where they were made to walk again because they were able to restore the neurons in their spiral spinal cord injuries, goes to show that breakthroughs can happen when you actually do the research and the trials on the likes of mice or rabbits or frogs or indeed rats. Um, Other stories then that are medically related has to do with um, a a seminar that's going on down in Silver Springs in Cork at the moment in the Clayton Hotel. It's uh, Barbara O'Neill. She describes herself as a qualified um, nutritionist. Um, There were uh, some protests earlier in the week because she's having a seminar on health-related topics, including cancer, uh, down at um, Silver Springs. But... She was barred from practising for life by the New South Wales Healthcare Complaints Commission in Australia because it's alleged apparently that she told vulnerable clients that their cancer could be cured with bicarbonate of soda or baking soda rather than going for uh, medical, conventional medical treatments, including chemotherapy. So that's an interesting one. <clears throat> Do any, does anybody use Google Maps to get from A to B? I do, but I always do it with a bit of a caveat because I know that sometimes Google Maps can go rogue and it can take you to all sorts of places that you didn't want to go. Really, it can. Sometimes, I don't know whether it's the settings that I use for Google Maps that it seems to want to take you, not the safest route, but maybe the most direct route. But sometimes that can be some serious country roads and lanes. Has anybody experienced that? The reason I ask is there's a family in America now that is suing Uh, Google, because the family is um, very upset uh, because a member of the family, a man, died after driving off a collapsed bridge in the US uh, following 
the navigation system, Google Maps. So they're suing Google because of that. Uh, his GPS on Google put him on a path towards a bridge and onto, well, except it wasn't there because it had collapsed nearly 10 years earlier. And of course, he fell to his death. Uh, the bridge fell and collapsed apparently 10 years previous, but nobody repaired it. Um, and the Jeep plunged right off the unguarded edge and he died. Um, so, you know, I don't know whose responsibility. It, cl- clearly, um, there should have been some kind of a barrier to stop people from driving off what would have been a bridge. But secondly, then there'd be talk as to whether Google Maps updates enough of its systems to protect these things from happening. Um, but there's a case in America. It'll be interesting to see how, how that one goes. And the, we're talking about lots of different stories regarding research. You know, you know, if you, if you, if you go for counselling, and I don't mean this in any way, shape or form to be mocking or lighthearted. It's just a story that makes the UK Times where they're talking about don't be talking through your anxieties or your worries or your stresses on the therapist's couch. The best way to deal with your fears or your anxieties or your worries is to suppress them. Forget about them. Don't think about them. If they come into your head, just banish them quickly. They call it the stiff upper lip, lip approach, apparently. Burying bad thoughts can be a good idea after all, they're saying. It's just more research that says that people who were found and helped to train to subdue negative thoughts tended on average to become less anxious and less vulnerable to depression. It's kind of an interesting one, isn't it? That, um, you know, uh, you know, grin and bear it. Get on with life, it's tough. But at the same time, people do struggle. I'm cognizant of that and, and I wouldn't want to come across as anywhere kind of like a, that you're kind of dismissing or diminishing people's grief or woes or anxiety or stress. Do you see that story? Yeah, I, I, I did. And sorry, I was actually um, going to have a chat with you about our own uh, issues with Google Maps. But I, 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 completely, um, I completely agree with you. I think it's a difficult balance because we've had people on the show before saying... Children, uh, children particularly aren't resilient enough. True, we need and to I'm glad you mentioned resilience. that point because that's where it could make sense. Yeah. That we're really, we're disarming our, our youth as opposed to arming them for the skills they need for a cruel world. And these are professional people who work with children every day are telling us this on Richard, this Richard Hogan, the child Richard psychologist. Hogan, and I've had principals and teachers in schools saying the same thing, that the issue is that we're so, we're trying to protect our children so much and our kids so much that when they grow up and they have to face the harsh realities I of life. I wonder if people agree prepared. or disagree with that, that we have a kind of almost like a cotton wool approach to our children, you know? Yeah, yeah. well, look, you'd need to be uh, wrapped up in cotton wool if you were taking this road. Uh, I'm going to segue back to our Google Maps conversation. Do you, do you follow Google Maps? In your I, d- I do use it. I don't like using it, I have to say. I like knowing where I'm going. It's something my dad was always... My dad is amazing. You put my dad in the field blindfold and he'd find his way home. There's a story of a dog, actually, they, that was blind and deaf. We got that when he found his way home two, on, yeah. two kilometres, blind two and deaf. Mile, and suffering from arthritis, I found out this morning. I mean, you put me in <laughs> Douglas Village, right? And that's only like 100 metres from where I live. Blind, Covered my eyes and put cotton wool in my ears or whatever, put headphones in and told me go home I couldn't do it sense, I'd be knocked down by a car I was going to say I sense a bit for social media can we get that in film maybe no, I actually, up online? I'd, I'd, I'd be hit by a car in Douglas Village straying out onto the road I tell you <laughs> anyway well I mean amazing Russell's story is amazing we'll hopefully hear about that later but down in Alleyhees there's a, a tiny road and Google Maps keeps telling people to go down it and they keep getting stuck so there's actually a brilliant YouTube video I'm just going to show it to you there um, but it's literally like this little Bo Reed 
green then there's ha- there's local farmers are having to come down and pull people out because you have to cross this tiny narrow bridge I've done it I've done those roads I've done I've been on a main road following yeah. Google Maps say I was going way up west to Mayo or some places like that and then I am, it, t- it sends me left on a kind of uh, country road yeah and then after that, it sends me onto a lower grade country <laughs> road. And then after that, I find myself on a farmer's boreen. Yeah, you go from an A road to an R but road to a Z road. I never give up hope, you know, until yeah. I get to the farmer's but then boreen. You can, but then, like, if you don't meet anything on the other side, you're absolutely golden. Oh, Do you know stop, what I mean? Man. But, like, try doing that in the camper. I remember coming, we were coming back uh, in the camper van, which is, no, it's it's camper van and the wheels on the wrong side of the road because it was a German import. And um, we ended up going from Waterford back. So I thought, okay, well, I'll cut through because we need to get to uh, Watergrass Hill so I was like you trying to use my sense of direction I was like I'll cut through Castle Lines and I'll come up through Watergrass Hill that way and then I got to Castle Lines and there was a sign for um, oh sorry, it's just gone out of my head now but it's a little townland across the way from um, from Watergrass Hill and I thought oh, I'll go down that now that'll be a grand little road worst decision like every corner was blind in this huge camper van all I could hear was the trees racking against the roof I was just thinking you never, oh took, it, you never took it across the Connor Pass or the um, no I've read the signs like I've read the signs plenty to tell you don't go up here in a camper van so I've been a good boy <laughs> I haven't gone up there I can only imagine the te- imagine though like imagine before any of those signs were put up or whatever and you were just like I just can't imagine the absolute petrification no. of of being like a German or a or, you know used to your big wind autobahns I don't care about the driver of the big huge camper van I'm talking about the traffic jam behind him or her <laughs> anyway interesting points thanks for that one one issue that we just mentioned there that Kevin brought up is driving on the other side of the road or the wrong side of the road somebody asked me recently as to why you know the likes of America or Canada uh, and countries like that drive on the opposite side of the road um, and I have no answers to that or why do other European countries drive on the other side of the road why like when did this happen was it when the motor car was invented? Had it something to do with that? Why isn't the whole world just driving on the same side of the road, including us? And all steering wheels are, say, in our case, on the right, on the right-hand side of the car. Maybe somebody could solve that conundrum. Text 0868104106. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818104106. Red FM. Text 0868104106. And lots of people did yesterday, uh, really and truly. And I want to just delve into some more of those, try and get as many different voices on as we can, certainly with regards to the carry-on at uh, Leinster House. Incidentally, I was sent some screen grabs yesterday because uh, I was in conversation with uh, Michael Healy Ray about an intern that was with him from America studying and, um, you know, shadowing him and, uh, you know, learning about Irish politics and got caught up in the melee with Michael Healy Ray and he said uh, that her mobile phone was stolen. Yesterday I was sent screen grabs of what looked like uh, Michael Healy Ray walking down the street with other people and a mobile phone on the ground. I'm just suggesting that perhaps the actual screen grabs that I saw perhaps show that the phone fell maybe out of her pocket and onto the ground. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Anyway, back to the phone lines. Mark, good morning. Good morning. How, how are uh, things? Apologies to those that didn't didn't make it on air yesterday, but I'm happy to chat with you this morning for your worth. So you're picking up on someone talking yesterday about revolution, is it? Um, well, not, well, not so much that. I think it was on your, on your Facebook page there. I think there was someone talking there about uh, what happened many years ago in, in England with, with, with Joe Cox, where she was... Uh, murdered um, there, and I think they were saying that like oh, that's something kind of done. I get you. Yeah, that's that's the that's yeah the 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 guy Thomas Marr 
uh, our mayor who was found guilty of her murder in 2016. Yeah, she was the first sitting MP to be killed. Um, not the only, though, because there were others, of course, uh, who, who were killed in, in, in the likes of bombings and car bombings and things. But go ahead, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's, uh, like, it, I think, unfortunately, like, uh, unless, unless they... The guardian, the authorities can get a hand, kind of better handle on the situation. I think it's only a matter of time, unfortunately, before before someone is injured or, or hurt badly, or, or or worse even too as well. Uh, there, because it doesn't seem like 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 kind of letting. It seems like for for the last while, last couple of months, maybe even longer, that they've just been letting these people do kind of whatever whatever they want, pretty much uh, there, and they've obviously feel felt that this day turned out that they can do whatever they want. In, in regard to, say, libraries or direct provision centres, or in this case, Dáil Éireann, is it? Oh, absolutely, all, all of that too as well. I mean, like when I saw the the scenes there now, um, the, the other day too as well, I mean, it was shocking, of course, but I couldn't say I was especially surprised by it uh, there. I mean, like the, the people, some of the people involved have, you know, been, been causing trouble for in various situations for a long time, whether it be libraries and, mm. and, and in other, other situations as well. Uh, there for and like is it that you're saying so, it wasn't nipped in the bud sooner then, is it? That this was ultimately allowed to happen? Yeah, look, I mean, exactly. I mean, they've been allowed, they've been, I mean, there's people there have been allowed to kind of pretty much get away with whatever they want for, for so long. Uh, obviously, they feel that they can now at this stage, which, which led to what happened the other day too as well, where, you know, Michael Healy Ray was, was walking down the, the street um, you know, kind of having to be escorted by by Gardy. I mean, did we ever think we'd see that that day happening? Uh, there were where people like would be literally shouting and, and screaming in his face as he's walking down the road. Yeah, that's and, not and the thing. first time that politicians actually had to be minded going in and out of Dalaran or uh, going about their business. There was uh, other incidents involving senior politicians who were trapped in their car, if you might remember. And then, back in 2010, the Gardaí had to draw batons when they had to confront a group of 50 Sinn Féin supporters exactly, yeah. who forced exactly. their way past the gates of government buildings, led by the Sinn Féin TD, Angus O'Snodig. Um, there was a lot of pressure on the gates, so they had to open them. Uh, and Osnodig and about 30 other protesters ran inside. They headed for the military police, po- police post, where an armed corporal was on duty. Gardy had to draw batons to confront the group of Sinn Féin supporters. So it's not the first time, and this involved well, Sinn Féin supporters. Absolutely, and uh, anything. That, and, and you would think, too, as well, though, I mean, like when something like even worse uh, happened, too, as well, uh, there, no, as you say, where the Gardy had to draw their batons and everything, uh, as well, you would think uh, there, no, that, 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 that we would be much better prepared for, for situations. Uh, like that as well. Uh, there, I mean, like I, I suppose since then there hasn't been anything as serious happened uh, there, and and like what happened the other day wasn't as serious as that by any means. Uh, well, there was no batons drawn anyway. There were certainly thirteen no, arrests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, in terms of being of batons being drawn, I mean that 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 didn't need to happen. Thank goodness uh, that that didn't need to happen as well because you don't want to see that. But there's uh, a potential there. for it to get worse. You think? Yeah, uh, look, absolutely. I, I, I think, I think definitely so. I mean, the way things have been going, you know, with certain individuals and and, and groups, you know, for for like a good while as well. I think this kind of kind of soft approach just really isn't kind of working uh, there. I don't know what the answer is because these people will always uh, be there too as well. I mean, you know, even if they are arrested for you know for whatever public disorder, let's say for example, like they're going to be back the next the following again, so I don't know what the answer uh, is to that, but certainly, you know, just kind of let them do whatever they want. 
obviously isn't working. And you don't uh, think that they have any kind of a valid cause at all, do you? Um, you know, there there are many, many people who might actually agree with some of the platforms that they stand upon, but not always the manner in which they um, behave. Yeah, look, look, I think there's, there's a lot of people angry with the government uh, over various things. I mean, I'm, I'm not really happy with them myself uh, either, you know, I talk about the bonus, like it feels a bit yeah, I'm losing you there, Mark. I'm losing you. Just try and move around just so we wrap up. Yeah. Yeah. No, just saying there that like there's an awful lot wrong with the government uh, there and there's an awful lot of people angry and, 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 and anger isn't necessarily a bad thing as well because anger can be, you know, a catalyst for change as well. If people want to change things, you know, they can vote for, for somebody else or, 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 or try to influence government policy. But when it becomes like a hatred of, of, of politicians... And you know, people who are LGBT or or anybody else, then that's that's not a good thing too, as well. And it's not it's and, not so much LGBT really. It's the oh. sex education policy for our children that they're very annoyed and angry and upset about. Um, uh, not so sure that it would be people, you know, grown adults' sexuality, would it? No, I wouldn't think so. Uh, I've, I've I've certainly seen it online. Uh, oh yeah, well where, that, that's where, a world. That's a world. World that I try and stay away from. Okay, okay, okay. No, no, you're no. Well, and look, you're 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 probably right too as well. Uh, it's, it can be it can be very nasty. But but you see too as well. Some of these people uh, as well who are very you know vocal online about these things are are like are the same people who are out in the streets uh, as well. So there's there's like a crossover uh, there. It's not just people like, sitting on sitting buying keyboards, you know, talking. Uh, you know about what people are LGBT and saying horrible things. It's it's like it's real. It's in the streets as it's well. It's in the streets. Yeah, good point. Okay, thanks for that. Much obliged to you. Have a good weekend, Mark. Uh, Jim says by email the protesters in Dublin were sidelined this week as the media focused on the gallows, but they missed the reasons while they were protesting. They wanted an Ireland to be safe to walk and live in, affordable homes for everyone proper rates of pay, timely access to hospitals and doctors. Uh, Michael Healy Ray never mentioned the reasons for this and other protests because he can't open his mind to the real problems in our lives and in our cities. The difference with this one, as in the Leinster House protest, is that it was highlighted around the world. The hatred for our political system here in Ireland was seen globally. While our politicians are seen as mere room fillers on the world stage, they are trophies of the superpower. Um, we have become ourselves a nation of ragdolls to be played with when needed. There will be no fix for the Irish unless we get political change in Ireland. As my father once said, the hardest thing to open is a closed mind, uh, says Jim. And Anthony says, I've listened to Michael Healy Ray on four different radio stations yesterday. And it was like he was reading from a script. I think he's gone from being a likeable chancer to an attention-seeking chancer. And his comments have offended a lot of people. I'm sure he will still be a legend in his own living room in Kerry. The behaviour of the protest from some was disgusting, but if you compare a protest here to France or America, it was pretty tame. We have a government that nobody voted for, that clubbed up together to keep their jobs, and Eamon Ryan is so disillusioned, he publicly stated the next general election should be deferred until 2025 because they have more work to do. So we have a leader of a minority party telling people that they should vote and when who should they vote for and when they should vote. They wonder then why people are all so angry. Actually, I know that there was some audio that um, actually was a little video clip that Michael Healy Ray posted yesterday. He's on the air with me yesterday morning and he was saying that with regards to the protesters, words to the effect that I wouldn't be relying on them 
uh, to get up in the morning and go out to work, that they wouldn't be working uh, for a living. And that was the point he made. And I made the point to him that that was a very broad brush to sweep against all of the protesters. But he wasn't for backing down. In fact, quite the opposite. He kind of doubled up on it. Uh, and then he didn't give up, in fairness to him. Um, you know, you gotta you got to admire... Uh, his his courage of his conviction really when he says something he believes it because he got back to Kerry yesterday back to Kilgarvan and he got out of the car and he posted this short clip I'm very glad to be back in County Kerry I want to thank everybody for all their messages it's great to be at the clinics again and to be going to every part of Kerry which is what I like doing uh, thanks again to everybody I appreciated your messages very very much and um, I wonder where are the crowd that were making all the noise yesterday. I wonder what are they doing? Tis nearly seven o'clock. They might be getting up now. Yesterday evening back in Kilgarvan. Interestingly, a point that came in by text was um, to answer my queries as to, you know, why you would have an effigy there, why you would have a gallows, why you would have a, um, a you know, maybe a, a, a dummy or a doll hanging from a rope. Texter says treason is the reason. Treason is punishable by hanging. Many of our politicians are guilty of treason, hence the effigy at Leinster House during the week. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Lots of different examples of people feeling disenfranchised. More of those by email and text in a moment. I just want to pick up on the point of people feeling as if they're... Seamus was texting me earlier on about being stuck, people being stuck in a rut. Seamus, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Just develop, develop that point where you say that people are stuck in a rut and not being supported. When was it ever any different? Uh, I think completely so. Like, look at the stats speak for, speak for themselves. When you look at uh, homelessness, uh, you know, the healthcare system, the mass unchecked immigration, open borders, it's just not working and people are completely disenfranchised. Just going back to like some one of some of the comments yesterday, you had a, a Cork woman up in Dublin City uh, on the phone. She had to kind of, uh, I suppose, stream out her points very quickly. That was Susan, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Susan right, yeah. I completely agreed with her point of view. You know, she's in support of these protests. You know, the nature of protests are to air your concerns and your anger as well, because that's why people protest. So uh, it's just in, uh, to just give you an example of how detached this government are from the reality of people who, you know, the one and a half million people that live in Dublin or elsewhere in the country. Um, like Ashley and Murphy, who she referred to, um, who was a 23-year-old primary school teacher, was out jogging there last year and murdered by a foreign national. Um, a week after that, I think uh, that the Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee, attended the, the funeral and then had the audacity to, to drum up a report to see how much spending they could um, uh, increase on Garda protection for ministers. Then we had a savage attack on a tourist, the US tourist on Talbot Street in Dublin City Centre. And a week later, she had the audacity to go out and do a public walkabout, uh, chaperoned by Gardaí, claiming that Dublin City Centre was a safe place. Then a week after that, we had a, another savage attack by on a, a few British tourists. So, like, they're completely detached from reality. Another example would be, like, the, ang- the most recent one is the angry protest outside the doll there yesterday. And then a day later, we have Helen McEntee again, the only supporter, by the way, of a... a Garda Commissioner, who can only be referred to as a carry-on Garda Commissioner, um, as per an article that was written about him there a couple of years ago, because he has no support from the 99% of his own staff, mm. thousands mm. of Garda out there. So that just tells you how detached from reality they are and how detached from the, their own electorate and the members of this, of this, this nation. 
um, that they are. And Helen McEntee is, a, you know, she's a face of it at the moment with Fianna Gael along with Pascal Donoghue. That left liberal Fianna Gael way of thinking in a nutshell is just... It's only um, yeah, but you can go to yeah. You talk about the left, but you can go way too far right as well, and, well, okay. and honing honing in on people that weren't born on this island who commit serious crimes of murder and rape and things like that isn't fair on many law-abiding people who were not born on this island but are here true, working and rearing true, a family. That's true, Neil. But you know, you can't just have open, unchecked borders. With like when the statistical fact internationally will tell you that ten percent will be basically criminals that come into the country to commit crimes. Well, then I'd That's like to then I would like fact. to see a statistic that would stack up criticism or um, stack up uh, um, uh, you know investigation that would show me a statistic of the amount of people who came into this country without documentation under international protection orders who were allowed then to stay. We know anything about their background or perhaps criminality in another land, and then went on to commit serious crimes. I'd like to see that statistic. Yes, well, at the moment, we're waiting for it to clock up because it's, I mean, we saw it with Ashley Murphy last year. We saw it with the the middle aged guy in Dublin Airport who was stabbed in the neck. We saw it in Sligo with the the, the, the Muslim individual who um, butchered. Two um two um uh, two individuals up in Sligo, and that's very that's been very much pushed in the media because it it goes against the fact. It's like it's a bit of a paradox within the left agenda because you have one killing the other, you know, and, and they won't talk about it. And it, people can see it; it's happening every day. The, the 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 news feeds are showing you what's really happening out there, and the stats are showing it's not like unfortunately, you know, the, the reality is it's not young, you know, um, uh, men who are Irish-born and have been living in this country, going around killing these heinous acts of, uh, against um, random people mm. in this country. It's happening all over Europe. Just to let, uh, to let your listeners know as well, this reference to the far right as well, the Italian government is now um, run by what is deemed to be the far right, okay? Poland have a, a more right-wing approach in their, um, in their political thinking. Germany is currently going that way with a party, a political party called AFE. <laughs> For Deutschland. I, I, you are right in all those, but we don't yes. have a left and right politics in Ireland. Um, maybe we did 40 or 50 years ago, and it possibly could have been maybe Fianna Fáil, um, but we, everybody is now left. Left. That's so unfortunate for this country. So people need to really look at that when they, you know, when they comes to real, you know, the, the election period, which is in 12 months' time. It's happening all across Europe. The reason I reference Germany and the AFD party in Germany is because Germany is a powerhouse and effectively at some level along with France and that whole core area of Europe runs Europe and they dictate in the EU Commission what, uh, you know, that's why we have our ministers basically burying their heads up like the asses of people in, in power in Europe like von der Leyen and they're coming back to us telling, you know, you know, telling us that we must do what they do, what they tell us to do. So when the changes in Germany, which is currently dealing with the AFD party in Germany, they're on their route they're a right-wing party, okay, in terms of how they think, and they want to protect their borders mm. and all European borders, and it's happening in Italy. Because Italy and you think we're asleep at the, at the wheel regarding our borders? Well, well, yeah, no, I won't say the people of this country are not asleep at the wheel. I think they're actually waking up and seeing for, for real what's actually happening, because it's not been reported in a lot of the mainstream media, as we know. But the fact is, 
and it's happening across Europe. If you do a little bit of research, you can see like you, you know there's a lot of news about the AFD party, for example, in Germany. But does I know that? But does you know? But does people waking up include maybe? Uh, and I put it mildly by saying a dislike of gay people or trans people. It's nothing, or, no, it's not, it's, no, because it's, that's, that's also part of the rhetoric, unfortunately. Yeah, well, unfortunately, these are areas, these are basically issues that have been used as political tools. I think we mentioned this before. Like, they're basically politicised issues, unfortunately. And when any issue becomes a politicised issue, it's open to like uh, scrutiny and used as a tool or a weapon, which basically defeats the purpose of that issue in the first place. So, unfortunately, these issues are being used as a no. But when you when you look at some of the of, of the platforms, it does include things that I've mentioned that right-minding people in general wouldn't have a problem with. So they would disassociate themselves from protests like that because they don't have a problem with, say, for instance, people who are gay. They they may have issues with gender realignment, and I can understand that, particularly yeah. amongst children. But because of the the aggressive manner in which some of these protests happen, like-minded uh, like-minded people who might actually believe a lot of what's being talked about disassociate themselves from these protests or parties like this or groups like this because they're just too radical. Are they really too radical? I think. Look, these issues are being politicized i mean this has gone off the point a little bit but they're being they're being used as weapons basically to throw one cohort of people against another ultimately a lot of people you know not i'd say 99 percent of the people given how progressive there has been in the last number of years in terms of how it's thinking especially since the 70s or 80s that you know most people don't have an issue with gay people or trans people or whatever i think that also the real issue at the moment is the way this politicized issue it's being used as a, you know, a tool to kind of indoctrinate our children now and their way of thinking. When children ultimately, you know, when they were the highlight of um, the, you know, topical issue back in the early noughties, we had the Children Act of 2001 and so on, as we all know about. And, and rightly so, and children should ultimately protect them. And if you want to protect the child, you leave the child alone and leave them away from all issues and let children be children. Mm. That's it. That's okay. all these, these okay. concerned parents are being. And when they're being referred to, to as far right, like the family in County Clare um, trying to protect their area when they have van loads of them, um, you know, of unchecked refugees. Mm-hmm. Enoch Burke That's as well. People have, you know. Enoch Burke and as well. Ultimately, this left-wing government don't think, they don't, they, they, and they come out with the same rhetoric when the, the issue is highlighted. Um, we have a moral and legal obligation. That's all they say. They read. I say they have a, a, a meet up once a month or something like that in the dog with with Michal Martin and, and Leo Bradker. And that, that's the script now. You're told to read that when you're asked okay. that question. Okay. And that goes in the face of every uh, boy, law abiding uh, person that is a member of the electorate in this country. Okay. And they need to think about this in the next election and get rid of this government. Okay, thank you for that. As always, pick up the phone, text if you wish. Uh, you can call us on 0818104106. For those who feel disenfranchised, and normally wouldn't write to you, but I feel I need to now. And my daughter just started going to college and luckily she can live at home so we can just about afford her fees and her travel as she doesn't get a grant. But people in her class who are 18 years old are couch surfing and using Airbnb as there's no accommodation available. Their parents are foregoing loads just to allow them attend college. It's so unfair. People who work hard and provide for their families are being crippled by a government who are out of touch and really don't have a 
clue. This is a government who put innocent war refugees in tents and electric picnic. I voted for 27 years and for the first time I have no idea who to vote for next as I'm so angry with the current system and the alternative seems just as bad. Money is wasted daily in this country and there's no accountability or repercussions for failure. If a multinational was run like Ireland, it would go bust. I'm really disillusioned with the waste of taxpayers' money. I work night shifts and put my body through hell for them to flush my money down the toilet. So that's one of them. Then there's another of a person who also uh, works hard and feels she gets nothing from it. And imagine that she feels more disenfranchised now because she actually was uh, maybe criticising people um, who, uh, who, who milked the system. Yeah, I was mentioning earlier on that the budget in October will be a budget that will really look at a lot of one-off payments for, and it'll be hundreds of euros for pensioners and families and, you know, with who are carers, people with disabilities, people on social welfare. She says, I know of a woman who has a special needs child. She gave up work as she's entitled to much more than if she was ever working. Um, she spends most of her day looking up what else she's entitled to. It makes me so angry, her getting carer's allowance for her own child and my child of the same age. I have to work to pay for doctors, for medication, for dentists, everything. They get it free and still give out that they don't get enough. They're complaining about paying 80 euro for speech therapy. But how much a week are they getting to sit at home and mind the child, as well as all of their children's allowance and welfare? I also put my other daughter through college, paying thousands for college, paying for her travel. She had a weekend job, which she was just paying for lunch money and school books. But others can get a Susie grant, paying for their college and their travel costs, money towards books, lunch and everything. Myself and my husband, I can tell you, barely see each other. We both work full time, different hours. So it's only a Sunday we all get time to spend together. There have been times I've had to walk to work or ask someone for a spin as I couldn't afford to put a fiver's worth of diesel in the car. While I waited for my paycheck, my husband's money goes for the house bills, the car bills, the college fees. Mine is for the groceries, the childcare and diesel. We don't go to uh, coffee mornings, cinema trips, days out. We're busy working and paying tax on everything so other people can complain about having to queue to collect their money so that they can go and drop their kids off at a creche or school and go and meet up their friends for coffee. Also, are you aware that special needs kids get collected from the house in the morning by a taxi and a special needs assistant to help the child and drop them home later in the day? This service is again paid for by the likes of me. So parents can stay in their pyjamas, send their kids off and then go on your radio programme to complain that they just don't get enough. I really wish people like me and my husband who get up every morning to go to work and pay for everything we have start getting something back for once. Sick of this country, complaining all the time. The more they get, the more they complain. Go to work while the state is paying for your child to look after and then pay for what your own child needs yourself. Please don't give out my details as I know I'll be slated by the people sitting at home listening to you drinking their coffee. I'm sending this email on my 10-minute lunch break. Keep them coming. Text 0868 104 Now, the Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM.
Yes, indeed. You were talking about burgers with uh, Lana O'Connor. It's a free food Friday today, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So, Red Patrollers will collect it piping hot and deliver it to your workplace to feed you and your colleagues between 15 and 20 of you. So you will get, uh, for starters, chicken wings, chicken skewers and beef skewers. Then the main event, the chicken wraps, the chicken pittas and the beef burgers basted in the famous uh, piri piri sauce. Uh, For sides, uh, piri salted fries, rice, waffle fries, lots of piri mayo and garlic mayo as well. And then you build your own dessert, your own cheesecake with lots and lots of different toppings. So that's what's up for offer on offer again this Friday morning, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So our first bunch of shout-outs then to all of the staff of the Riverstown Inn, especially Harry and Graham. Can I nominate the staff in Eason's and Wilton, please? I started feeling unwell yesterday and they looked after me and made sure my son was okay as well, as I was on my own with them. I'm sorry I didn't get uh, the ladies' names, two ladies. I think it was uh, a chap called Dave who took me into the chemist next door, but thank them all on my behalf, says Natalie and her son Lorcan. Morning to everybody at the main reception in CUH, including Trina, to all at Atlantic Flight Training Academy at Cork Airport, to Plum Nail Bar in Douglas who are listening. All the girls are working very hard from 10 this morning until 8 tonight. For Melissa and all of the girls in Bounce Hair Salon in Washington Street, the girls work very hard. They'll be up the walls today so it would be great for them to get some food and they'd share it with the clients and that's from a former staff member Sam. To Premier Auto Parts on Pollardoff Road, to Lehan Motors on the Kinsale Road. Uh, morning to all of the team. We could do with a great feed today from Roosters. We're working up a hunger and dancing in the puddles, counting the clock down till dinner time. And that's all the lads at ACI JCB in Carrick Tool. To Doc Decor who are painting in Carrigaline and the complete upholstery centre and foam services on Barrack Street. So they're the first bunch of shout-outs. So if you want to be in with a chance of winning Free Food Friday for today, text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 106. Uh, we'll be taking some time to get to more text from yesterday's programme uh, to do justice to the amount of people that actually did get involved in the conversation yesterday. Uh, but calls as well. Anthony, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are it you? It has been an age since last we spoke. Um, you, yeah. you, I just read out a short text from you this morning saying you heard Michael Healy Ray on at least four radio stations yesterday. So he gets around and so do you. But pick up on that anyway. Not quite that much now, to be fair. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> to be fair, no, Neil, I don't. All right, but was it, but, the, was it the, you said he was reading from the same script? Yeah, it started off with the exact same thing. Forget about me now. And when someone says that, you know it's going to be all about them. So he started off with that. And what I'd like to know is, it seems the dogs on the street knew there was going to be a protest and it would turn nasty. That's why the Gardaí were there. Not enough of them, which highlights the lack of Gardaí as well, which isn't the Gardaí's fault. And unless he's deaf and completely stupid, he would have heard there was an angry mob outside the doll. So he decided to go out anyway and bring his intern with him that he keeps talking about and using her as a little tool. He was trying to get in, not out, and then out again at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you knew there was an angry mob, would you go back out into it? Not all of them did, actually. Some went out back doors, but he didn't, yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose yeah. some might say that, you're not, that I'm not going to be, um, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be affected by them. I'm not, I'm not going to let them get in my way or I'm not going to let them deter me from doing my job, perhaps. Yeah, well, that's his problem, but he keeps using the intern as a kind of a tool for himself, as a publicity tool. Put himself into danger if he wants. I'm quite sure, she was, that, I'm quite young sure that young girl was frightened and upset, though. Come on. Well, who brought her out? 
I mean, he could put himself into danger if he wants. He's quite entitled to, but he had no right to bring her out okay, and then complain about point. it afterwards. Yeah, fair point. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. Like, it really is ridiculous. And like I said, the dogs on the street knew the protest was going to happen anyway. Well, so. But you're not at all talking about the behaviour of some of the protesters, though. The no, I don't condone it, yeah. but... I mean, I wouldn't consider myself far right, which is the latest buzzword, or far left. I'd consider myself in the centre. I listen to both sides. Mm. And I mean, people that are supposedly far right, they can be seem a bit extreme, but there's people on the far left that are very extreme as well. You know, I mean, I don't know if you heard there yesterday, in Germany there was nearly a thousand people gathered at a convention that were identifying as dogs, and they were barking at each other, and they had bowls of dog food and everything. That and I didn't government. hear. Did that actually happen, yeah? It did, yes. Were it they, just, just were they being serious, or were they just mocking? Yes. No, it was totally serious. And I mean, I could see that happening here, actually. If you wanted to identify as a lamppost here, I'd say they'd pass the law and call me Mr. Lamppost. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> a non-gender lamppost. But you're, mock- you're also mocking people who do have gender identity issues. No, I'm not. I'm, t- I'm talking about people who should be actually behind closed doors somewhere in a ward. That, 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 if, that if you want dog. to identify as a dog or a lamppost, that you actually need help. Uh, well, wouldn't you think so? I would think well, that. I know I would. Probably fairly extreme in that regard, all right. Um, but having said that, though, uh, you also did say in the text that by world standards, what happened was tame. It was. I mean, have you ever seen protests in France? There'd be tyres burning in the middle of the street. The whole country would be ground to a halt. Everybody would be on strike until they get their point across. Mm. We saw what happened in America with Capitol Hill. I mean, that was pretty tame. I know it was disgusting, the bottle of the urine and everything, but by world standards, it was pretty tame now. Mm. I think people are just so frustrated and so angry because we didn't elect this government. And you had a caller on yesterday, I can't remember the chap's name now, but he made a lot of points and I agreed with him. But the one thing I didn't agree with, he said, the best way to protest is a ballot box. And that's not actually accurate because this government proves that because I didn't vote for Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael and I certainly didn't vote for the Green Party. And there's a, very good, there's a very good chance that if and when we have the next general election that we could have, unless Sinn Féin get an absolute storming majority, that we could have a Fianna Fáil-Sinn Féin coalition. For, the, for Just power for the sake of power, you know? And yeah, and I mean, they're totally, they're just, they just did that not for the benefit of us, not for the benefit of the people they're supposed to serve. They did it for their own benefit. Mm. And I mean, Eamon Ryan is so disillusioned then when he's actually awake. And he was on the radio during the week. Oh, I think we should put off the next general election until 2025 because we have a lot more work to do. But you couldn't do that under our democracy. You couldn't, you couldn't delay a general election. You can't go past five years. Well, that's what he said. It's on the record. Yeah. He said it. Yeah, that's so, I mean, that will tell you how out of touch they are with reality. And yeah. that's why people are just so completely fed up. And then you had Jerry Bottomer on yesterday saying, oh, we live in a democracy and we live in a democracy and this, that and the other. No, we don't. Because I voted for the abolition of the Shannon the last time it came up for a vote. Because the Shannon is not uh, democratic. Because the only people that can vote for people in the Shannon are third level university graduates. So that's not representative of the population. Well, in the sense that nobody elected a lot of them, yeah. Well, and the only people that can vote are university graduates. So that's hardly democratic, is it? Okay, let me get some more texts and calls on this one. Thanks as always. A lot from yesterday. Since the inception of the state, folks are whinging and whining about the government. 98% of people fail, refuse or neglect to understand that the dynamics of running a country is difficult. 
Um, there are restraints on the exchequer. People just love to moan and begrudge in Ireland. I'm on six figures, so class myself as fortunate, albeit I pay a lot of tax, uh, says Patrick. Uh, so what Michael Healy Ray is saying, that if you don't work, he won't represent you, is it? All he's concerned is about is Kerry and farming. Nothing outside of Kerry. His dad was the same. His dad split Fianna Fáil to get votes. Well, he split from Fianna Fáil. He was still heavily involved. Well, I think um, if anybody is, is actually, um, you know, if anybody wants to be a politician, um, I think that the Michael Healy Ray type of politics is the way to go in the sense that our texter says all he's ever concerned about is Kerry. Surely be to God, that's what you want any politician to be most concerned about, their own local constituency, right? Can't come on air, but your show made me very upset. I'm out of work for 10 months and I put in for pay uh, from welfare. They keep saying that everything I go for is going to be means tested and so I'm wasting my time. I've been working for 32 years and my husband's been working for 35 years and we are barely keeping our house over our head. I'm sick of crying every morning. I do not choose to sit at home, but I, but I brought joy to a lot of people when I worked. I was a bubbly person and now it's all gone. Nobody wants to help me. There's a text that can show you why people are so upset and angry. Uh, tell your out-of-touch elderly uh, has-beens that the people of this country have every right to protest angrily against the tyranny of our government. The protesters have huge support amongst the general population. But you see, most of us are busy working and trying to survive in this country. Um, another person says, well said to Michael Healy Ray, a day in the bog would sort out a lot of those thugs firing urine bottles. It's a disgraceful reflection on our country, says Eilish. If Deputy Healy Ray can call the protesters' names, then surely they have an equal right to voice their opinions of him. Or does Michael Healy Ray want one law for them and another, etc., etc.? A a person who is a full-time home carer can't work because they're caring for their child, their partner, their wife or their parent or husband. They get €110 a week for 80 hours of caring, which is about €1.15 for hard work. Ask any political person to do this. Carers starve, and it's not a joke. It's heat or eat for me with a master's degree. It's shameful that that they know we will do what you see. Disabilities should be totally separate from unemployment. It's not the same. We actually work hard as carers. I'm wondering, are you saying that you work hard as carers as opposed to people who are unemployed who don't work at all? What Michael Ray wants is for people to protest without a voice, to be humble and stay quiet. Then we will fit into what they want. It's about time people stood up and fought for what they feel is right and to have their voices heard, says Pat. More on those by text to 0868 Back after the break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 Red FM. And you can text 0868 We've got Senator Ronan Mullen by phone. Senator, good morning. Um, see, Can you hear me okay? I'm sure that line is all right for you, as I hope it is. Morning. Ronan, can you hear me? Yes, yes, indeed. Hello, Fantastic. Please. My apologies. Just a little bit of cross wires there. Actually, do you, there's a, an update to perhaps what you wanted to mention with regards to legislation that we already have in force on the front of the Irish Times this morning. The Guardian are saying that they firstly know they have a fairly good idea as to who brought the mock gallows through the Doyle. They are now thinking of, um, or there is talk about an investigation um, in that regard, something along the lines of a criminal investigation 
and that the legislation that they would use would be legislation including incitement to hatred, public order and laws against threatening or intimidating behaviour. It sounds to me that they have enough laws to work with without looking for more on the statute books, right? That's exactly what I think. I mean, I think clearly what we saw the day before yesterday was, first of all, a small number of people. We need to keep this in perspective. This was not the January the 6th or anything like it. But clearly, some of the people there were the wrong people uh, protesting in the wrong way uh, and probably about the wrong things. But that's not to say that somewhere in there naively or otherwise, there were some people who might have seen themselves as the right people protesting in the right way, in other words, peacefully, uh, but determinately, uh, about the right things. And um, I was actually chatting with a journalist from the Irish Times this morning and we were just discussing whether even the whole coverage of this, giving it so much oxygen, it gives some of the gouger element um, exactly what they want out of this, you know? Um, so, yeah, and it could strengthen lot- them for the next time, you believe? Yeah, and embolden them, and you know they're like they're like they're looking for notice so as to kind of spread an incoherent message, um, you know, about things that they think they're worried about. But but I think they're they're dishonest people because to some degree, let's say they seize, they they have a desire to foment disorder, and they're only a small number of people, um, and and some of them are what you might call the hard right. But I would also say, you know, there is a hard left in this country as well that's full of hatred, and the fact that some of them get elected to Dáil, it doesn't mean that they're not a threat in some way in the longer term to the stability. How are the left? A, how are the left a threat though? Because in the end, they believe in violence, uh, uh, even where they just fail at the ballot box. You know, it, it just gets to their, with, some, some of them would, you know, according to their doctrine and dogma, await that critical moment. You know, I'm, I see myself in some ways on some issues centre-left, in some ways I'm probably centre-right, some people say conservative. But at the end of the day, you know, what I want to see is an active civil society where people um, seek to persuade uh, towards good laws that work for the common good and protect the vulnerable and so on. What I see at the moment is an element, a small element, who don't believe in kindness. I suppose when we were a more Christian country and we use language like morality, you know, you could point to people putting up, you know, ugly signs, bad language, abusive behaviour, um, you know, a hangman's news, and you say, you know, that, that that's morally wrong in the sense because it it promotes disorder, it promotes violence, it promotes hatred towards other people and not love of neighbour. That language isn't as common in our discourse now, but mm. to some degree I think... Unless you're north of the border with the division between Catholics and Protestants for yeah, many years. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I'm not saying that it, that it abolishes all human sin and wrongdoing, but, you know, we, we need to consider that there is a moral element to how we should um, communicate our ideas. But, uh, but just, just looking at a couple of their ideas, for instance, they, 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 you would say that they don't have any kindness. They would say that they have kindness to our children who they feel are being indoctrinated at way too young an age with regards to sexuality and issues like that. They would say also, like many people would possibly agree with them, that we have no controls over our borders anymore and people who are coming up and tearing up their passports on airplanes. Surely they're valid arguments. Yeah, and you're putting your finger on two issues that need to be talked about. But those are two platforms that they're very front and centre about. Okay, well, let's talk about this because I also see mainstream politicians uh, seeking to use 
this small amount of disorder in order to push an agenda. I certainly don't agree with either. So let's on the immigration. I believe in a policy that our immigration laws should be generous, but structured, structured, but generous. And we can't have open borders, uh, but, but, but we, 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 need, we need a sensible and fair immigration policy. And not everything that's done by the government is rational in this area. And certainly, you know, Certainly, a lot of the values, however, of some of those who protest around this issue would, would I think, take us into a very uncharitable place. So there's a balance that I would like to see struck there. But on the line, but that's that's just doing nothing at all. That's just to sit on your hands, answer. I mean, well, we, it, it isn't. It isn't really because you could have a you could you could have a situation where we will have quotas, you know, for how we will deal. <laughs> clear distinctions between bit, 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 you know that, that you would always you know make sure that there is a safe um, um, means of application for asylum for people who are fleeing you know terror uh, violence debt you know and then where it comes to the the, the, the wider challenge but of we can't house our own would, I mean it's it's it, yeah, there's yeah. no, okay, no well, stopping look, this let, 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 let's not go down you, okay. you can't okay. solve this in a couple of minutes all I'm trying to say is there is a balance to be struck between having I would say we should be generous but structured I see the government sometimes just does down any kind of disquiet around the immigration thing as though it's racism and that's dishonourable as far as I would say, see on part of those politicians who do that and it's not going to help the long term debate because it's going to drive discontent underground. You talk about the indoctrination of children, certainly I already see Michal Martin and uh, who I don't trust on these issues now, I have to say, and then I say that more in sorrow than in anger, um, you know, see, seeking to, to link these protesters with, with you know, protests around libraries and also suggesting that this is why we need hate speech legislation. You've made the point yourself, we have the laws to deal with intimidating, ugly, violent, dangerous behaviour that puts people at risk. On the question of indoctrination of children, it is definitely the case that protest is needed about the lack of child protection involved in the provision of certain materials in our libraries and making them available to young children. It's scandalous what's going on. I haven't been on the ground, so I don't know what kind of protests have gone on about that, but I would say that certainly... Well, it's been in, in front of and inside of libraries and open staff members' faces filming them well, on and mobile phones. And, and, that, and that's to be condemned. But... You know, loud and vocal protest on the streets that's an absolute disgrace that the state is potentially endangering children by not having regard to child protection rules uh, about the provision of extreme. Like if parents, you know, brought home some of the material that I've been told and have seen is available in libraries and, 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 and showed it to their children, you, you, would, you would suggest that there could be child protection issues in that home. Have you, you, read, any, have you read any of the material? Because I have. I, 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 to be honest with you, it's, it's, it's really ugly stuff. I've been, I, I've seen enough. I've been made aware enough to know that there is a genuine uh, need for, 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 for public disquiet about this. And I think it's irresponsible of people like Leo Varadkar and Michal Martin, both of which have adverted this. If they only talk about the unacceptability, which I agree with, of any kind of thing that would be personally intimidating of, let's say, people working in libraries who are just doing their job. And if at the same time they don't say, but we do need to look at what's being made available in these libraries and whether there are child protection issues, whether children are being you know, sexualized and whether there's an agenda I- involved in the provision of some of these books that needs to be tackled. That's the other side of the equation. Okay. And, and let, let me put that point actually to the Irish Council of Civil Liberties. Let me bring in Liam Herrick, the Executive Director of the Irish Council of Civil Liberties. That's an interesting point. Liam, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Would, would, it, would it make more sense to listen to what the protesters have to say? Well, the right to protest is a fundamental part of our democracy and 
the right applies regardless of what your views are. Um, and you're allowed to make your views in a, an aggressive way, in, in a provocative way, up to the point of being rude and offensive, and you can cause a level of disruption. And that applies whatever your views are on the political spectrum. But the, the line, I think, is that it is a right to peaceful protest. And when a protest goes over the line and calls for violence against politicians, journalists or others, and actually engages in violence, as we saw on Wednesday, that is where the line is crossed. And, you know, when we talk about the groups that were involved in Wednesday, there was clear violence and there was an intention to cause violence and to harm people. And was anybody was actually hurt? Was anybody hurt or had hands laid upon them? I mean, there was bustling um, and jostling. There was bustling and jostling, and I think the guards did a good job in protecting the safety of people, but arrests were made, and I think prosecutions will follow with regard to that, and obviously we can't talk about those. Um, but I think, you know, you have to look at the, the message that's there. There's a distinction between having a view on any of the, the issues that you raise there, Neil, you know, on migration policy, on education, on free speech, whatever it might be. Whatever your view is, is one thing. But if you're calling for action that is talking about violence against other people, you're inciting violence, well, that, that is unacceptable. Well, is that, so we're back and, to the gallows then and the doll around the, with well, the I, rope and things I like that. I think the gallows is interesting when you examine who these groups are. Um, they put up a gallows and they put up uh, a series of pictures of people from all of the main political parties, left and right. And the clear message was that there is a conspiracy between all of the main political parties and all of the journalists and all of the civil society groups, that is either the two principal ones they're talking about, a conspiracy to replace the Irish people with foreigners. It's a racist conspiracy, which in fairness, Ronan has very clearly said that he would be very much opposed to and always has been opposed to. And the other conspiracy that they talk about is there's a conspiracy to harm children with, you know, with some sort of... Um, conspiracy between some people within government and other agencies to harm children. Now, the people that were leading the event in Kildare Street on Wednesday are the same people, and it's identified across all the newspapers today, are the same people that have been leading the library protests in Cork in particular and elsewhere, and also the protests at refugee centres. So we know who these people are, we know what they're about, and their ammunition is a conspiracy theory approach. And in fairness to Ronan, he himself in the last couple of months has tweeted about, is there a conspiracy of a government within a government with regard to the library protest issue? Which I think is, is very unfortunate because that's the kind of message that these groups... What does, that even, that, what does that even mean? Ronan, what does that even mean? Conspiracy well, you see, I've been critical of the Irish Council for Civil Liberties, actually, because I, while I agree with a lot and have shared a platform with the ICCL on some issues in the past, I think they have abandoned their, they, you know, they, for example, in relation to the hate speech legislation, they pointed to several flaws, for example, the lack of definition of hatred and the various recommend, they reference various international instruments that should be followed. But now they've lost their voice and, and they seem to be happy to let the hate speech legislation in its very controversial form go through. So I think they've abandoned their kind of responsibility to the public. I, I'm a bit disappointed with the ICCL and a number of things. But regarding the, the just to address very head on, uh, what Liam has said there um, on, 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 on what I'm talking about. What I'm, what I'm saying is this, that a government within a government refers to a situation where you have NGOs and people with a particular agenda who, no. who have certain ideas about values that they want to change in our society. 
and they have privileged access, they don't get challenged, and they and and they and you see them getting resources then pushed. That wasn't the context, Ronan. Well, the context. I Ronan, was that wasn't the context was, for the comment. Sorry, it was. Uh, I, I was. No, no, I, Ronan. I, the I, context. The I, context I, was I, that I, Leo Varadkar. Speaking about Leo. Well, uh, was, you were what, talking what about Leo Varadkar defending the library workers in Cork and you exactly. criticised Leo Varadkar specifically for speaking out yeah. in favour of the library workers in Cork and you said, is this an example of a government within government? And no. that has been a slogan of the library protesters that gay and lesbian politicians within government have been controlling an agenda within government. Now, maybe you don't no, share that view, but that's what they I mean by it. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, you're being utterly incoherent here. No, he's not. He, uh, he, he, no, I understood no, exactly he what, he, I, what I, he said. I, 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 I am saying quite clearly, uh, and by the way, there are many people working in libraries, and some of them have written to the press about this, who are very concerned about the fact that such material is available in the library. They, the staff themselves are concerned about the material, but there can't voice it publicly. Who are very, yeah. Exactly. Okay. So when I say a government... But do you, do you stand over uh, maybe a, 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 an accusation yeah. that that gay politicians are pushing a gay agenda? No, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm very careful not to target anybody in relation to their private life, and I never will do that. But what I am saying is that, yes, the, in relation to... You, I suppose you could say there's a difference between conspiracy and collusion. There is undoubtedly a silence and a facilitation within government around certain ideas and values, and we see this. But did you example, did you did you did you reference um, something that was posted about Leo Varadkar in that regard? I, 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 if I did, I'm sure I did so correctly. Uh, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I, I'm, I'm not pleased, and I think I'm very concerned about the attitude, not just of Leo Varadkar, but of Michal Martin and others. There is a complete failure to address the child protection issue that is at the heart of what is in some of this library material, at least what has been drawn to my attention. Yeah. And until but if you're that concerned about it, why don't you pick so up sorry, the book, This Book is Gay, and have a read of it? Until, until we get them facing up to that question and until we get media asking them that question, then frankly, yes, I am going to say that some NGOs have a privileged access and are closing down the debate and, 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 and are putting some kind of a silencer on the government because the government is silent on the child protection uh, dimension of this issue, just as Liam Herrick and the Irish Council uh, for Civil Liberties is silent on the child protection dimension of this issue. And I think they need to be asked really hard questions about that. Is that, is that child issue within the remit of the Irish Council for Civil Liberties, of Liam? Of, co- of course it is, Neil. And, and we care deeply about you. I mean, I'm a parent myself. I've got young children. I have teenage kids. It's such an absurd argument because I think as all of your listeners who have kids know, we all care about what material our kids see and we worry about them seeing inappropriate material. I worry about this all the time. But I have to say that the last place I'm worried about is our public libraries that are run by expert ethical public servants. There are plenty of other places I'd be concerned about my kids seeing inappropriate material. That's why in the mm-hmm. Irish Council for Civil Liberties and many other organisations, we work very hard on the issue of online safety and online regulation. We make submissions on legislation at the Irish level and the European level. We're involved in litigation at the European level okay. about the problem about unregulated mm-hmm. online but, spaces. But every I parent in court knows that the public library is not the risk here. <laughs> I don't think, Neil, uh, people, many people will be reassured by Liam's, you know, trust me, we're experts, and uh, if we're not worried about it, you shouldn't be either. That's the kind of patronising 
NGO privileged access approach that actually has a lot of people worried and that has some people very legitimately protesting. And I'm not talking about the nasty. So if Liam can't even <clears throat> say, you know, that there is a problem about, some, excuse me, I'm coughing here, <clears throat> about some of the material that has been drawn to public attention about what's in this library, which you could not read out on air, and which I have no intention I'm Actually, of I, I did portions of it. Uh, just <laughs> well, d- well, difficult and all as it was for me as a parent well, to read exactly. it out. Well, you're a, you're I, a better I man than, than I am. I just needed to have drawn to my attention the basic essentials about what some has been pushed at children as young as 12 in libraries in the juvenile section to know there is a clear failure of leadership in this area okay. and that can only be connected with the fact that there's some kind of an agenda to say that this is all okay. okay. Do, do, do we have enough legislation Liam? They're talking about exclusion zones around the Dáil now, 1.6 kilometres if there's a protest closing off streets around it full time so people can no longer get anywhere close to it. We have existing legislation loads of it, incitement to hatred, public order, threatening behaviour intimidating behaviour and on top of that the proposed increase in hate speech that if I was on the street having a conversation with somebody about something I believed to be my opinion, a third party could report me to the Gardaí. Well, there's a couple of different issues in that, Neil, but specifically with regard to protests at Leinster House, I don't think there's any case that we should change the law. Um, I think any of the politicians I've spoken to in the last couple of days would be against that. I know that Count Corla has, has raised a suggestion of kind of areas around Leinster House. I don't think that that would be constitutional. I don't think it'd be appropriate. But I do think that we need a, a real approach which deals with these groups um, that are clearly intent on violence. And I would call on all elected representatives who have shared platforms with these groups or amplified their messages on whatever issues it might be, that they need to distance themselves. But you said earlier on to quote you that people have a right to protest, to be rude, offensive and disruptive. That's right, uh, as long as it doesn't extend to violence and incitement to violence, which is what we saw on Wednesday. I mean, I, I, I think that we have a very robust political culture here. Um, we have a robust political culture where people can make their point quite forcefully. And many TDs that I've spoken to in the last couple of days have said that, you know, they, they do get some abusive comments thrown to them from time to time, but they actually think it's appropriate that they should meet protesters as they go in and out, as long as there's no issue of safety. And like, there was an issue of safety on Wednesday. Michael Heady Ray was threatened. Donna Colera was threatened. And there's been a pattern over the last year or so. We've had Holly Kearns harassed. We've had Breed Smith knocked over. Paul Murphy, um, you know, listen to Creighton previously was harassed. Jennifer Carol McNeil. This, uh, particularly women politicians have been vulnerable to it. So there's an issue of safety, which I think the guards and the security in Leinster House um, will work on, and I think that they can resolve. But I would be completely against any change to the right to protest in Ireland. I don't think there's widespread support for that. Um, the one exception, and I think Ronan will probably want to bring this in, is that there's legislation before the House to restrict people gathering outside hospitals and GP surgeries because there is, in my view, the correct view that when you're accessing health treatment, you deserve dignity and privacy. And is, are you I referencing terminations there? Yeah, there's this the legislation being proposed for safe access zones around hospitals so that women, when they are going to access health services, will not be harassed or impeded. Yes, yeah. That's a 200 think, metre limit, I think, is it, Liam? 
I think it's less than that. Is but it less than the, that? The, the, the purpose is, but the, the, I think it's a very interesting distinction. You know, people have a constitutional right to express a political view at our national parliament because that's a matter of public policy. But when I am trying to go to a doctor, people don't have a right to protest and harass against me. And I mean, the question that always comes back to me is this. If you have a view about the law in this country about abortion, you are perfectly entitled. It's a very important matter of public policy. You are perfectly entitled to express that political view. But under but you are so, not but, entitled to harass women as they're going in and out of hospitals. And sadly, Ron supports that type of activity which continues to go on today. Do you, do you support people being allowed to harass and protest outside a doctor's surgery where maybe GPs are giving advice or maybe medication for terminations, Ronan? Well, you know, and I might take this opportunity to say it. If people want to check out what I say on Twitter at Roland Mullen, they'll see that I'm trying to give a kind of leadership that says that there are many issues we need to protest about, but there is a way to do it that is always respectful of the other person. And I have never ever, and this is, it, it is interesting that the one issue where the Irish Council for Liber- Liber- Civil Liberties and, and Liam will support kind of censorious preventive activity is where it's in support of a very radical and powerful pro-abortion agenda. When in fact, we've had in recent times claims from a, a pro-abortion NGO uh, that there was intimidation of people, first at Limerick, then they shifted their focus to Cork. And in each case, the university... No, uh, I, can, I can tell you that there have been protests. There have been protests and there have been people outside yes. surgeries in Cork. Case, and in each case, the university hospital said that they had no complaints uh, from patients. That's the first thing. The reality in this country is that <clears throat> we have... Oh, well, I mean, I filled a programme on it a few months ago where people yeah, were well, protesting. All, all they I'm certainly were. And people were annoyed and unhappy about it. All I'm telling you is you have very little of this kind of activity going on and generally it's very few people and it is generally very, very respectful people. And you see, because the way abortion, sadly, has been medicalised in this country, corrupting really medicine by just integrating it into hospitals or GPs, you actually don't know... It's not like in other countries where. But it's none of your business, surely. It's not actually anybody's business. So, what I'm really trying to say is this is using a mallet in order to crash enough. What this is really about is trying to suppress dissent on this issue. It's not about protecting people who might be upset or intimidated. We haven't had any complaints to hospitals about people. So, you kind of have to look at it for what it is. It's people basically seeking to exercise power to crush dissent. And it's very interesting that the Irish Council of Civil Liberties has no problem with that. Why is that? Okay. Ronan, there's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no crushing of dissent. I mean, there's no crushing of dissent. I actually was in O'Connell Street in Dublin. Sorry, Ronan. If I can just make a point. Let him respond because I'm going to move on in a second, Ronan. So give him an opportunity. You have an organisation that sets itself up as protecting people, but the most vulnerable people on the planet, unborn children, they have no interest in protecting. And I just think that's Liam, finally. I mean, the, the idea of crushing dissent, I think, is kind of ridiculous. I mean, I, I was in O'Connell Street in Dublin several weeks ago and a very large national anti-abortion march uh, went through. Uh, very significant numbers of people, uh, very peaceful, very well organised, very powerfully making their point. It was reported in national media extensively. There's a lot of politicians there. So the idea that people who have... But- the same views as Ronan on abortion are being crushed from the Okay, sense good. Okay, not, that's a good example. But 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 finally, if if Helen McEntee's hate speech comes in and somebody marches like that and holds a sign, is a question for you, Liam, holds a sign that says that abortion is murder. Will that be a prosecutable offence then? Absolutely not. 
absolutely not. There's no question of that whatsoever. I mean, you know, when we look at the hate speech legislation that's currently proposed, in fairness, um, the Irish Council for Civil Liberties identified some difficulties with the speech elements of it from the beginning. Ronan has subsequently also articulated many of the same points. In fairness, I think that we identified some of the same... I called you guys out for standing back from your initial concerns. We haven't stand back from our initial concerns, Ronan. But you're, I mean, you're, you're the, cheerleading for the legislation with, with, without any of your, your, your requested amendments being made. Yeah. You have abandoned Ronan, it. And the reason you have, by the way, Liam, is because the Coalition uh, Against Hate Crime seems to have swamped the Irish Council for Civil Liberties' initial views. So you've censored yourself. That's a complete... And well, I, 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 Ronan, I I'll, I'll explain where we stand if you want. And I think we should also ask whether you guys are compromised by your relationship with the state, perhaps your interest in getting state money in terms of promoting the working of this legislation. <laughs> well, Ronan, I think it's Ronan, Ronan, you guys you. said, what is your real agenda? Is it to protect the public interest or is yeah. it to perpetuate your own existence as so-called champions of rights? Because you only champion well, some people's to keep rights. The, you to keep, to you, do, you do it to keep the lights yeah. on. <laughs> I mean, I think we're getting to the, the nub of something all right here. Um, so the legislation's proposed, it deals with two areas. One is hate crime. We have no law in Ireland on hate crime, and there has been a worrying rise in crimes against people because of who they are in recent years. We're unequivocally in support of that part of it. We think it's necessary. And on the hate speech part of it, we have concerns with the legislation that currently stands. We continue to have those. Well, what the are they, for instance? Well, but what are you, like, for instance, if, if in, a, in a school setting, or even in, in a social setting, if somebody refused to use another person's chosen pronoun, for instance, and refuse to recognise their gender identity as being different yeah. to what they believe. Is that going to be a hate crime? It's, it's not. Sorry, I mean... I'm asking Liam. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I mean, first of all, there's no suggestion of it being a hate crime and it wouldn't also encompass hate speech because the way that... The, the, the purpose of the legislation, and it's not done precisely or well enough at the moment, it's too broad, but the intention is that it relates to speech which will incite hatred or violence against other people. Now, at the moment, the offences are not properly defined, and there's also offences in there such as the possession and preparation of material, which are completely inappropriate. But the difference between where we stand and where Roland stands is we have been working on amendments to try to reach resolutions to solve these problems all the way through. We believe actually that most people in Leinster House, and a lot of the concerns are shared quite broadly, are trying to reach solutions here. Um, what we don't do is try to suggest that this legislation is part of a wider conspiracy uh, between the state and others to drive particular agendas. And I mean, Roland but one has made of, an I know, yeah, but, I know, yeah, but one of those agendas, and this is a quote from the Irish Times, Ms. McEntee said that she intended to continue with the new definition of gender in the bill, which has been criticised by some opponents, while gender, including in the law governing gender identification, has previously been binary. The new legislation includes transgender as a gender and also refers to genders other than male or female. If somebody disagrees with that publicly or online and says that there are only two genders, male or female, that seems to me as being a hate crime for which one could be prosecuted. No, I, do, I don't believe that that's the case at all. Um, I don't think that that is at all what the law, legislation currently provides for, and I don't think the scenario that you're talking about will result in people being prosecuted for a hate crime. Neil, I don't think that that's the issue at all. I mean, I think we need to understand that there's, there are two different things. There's the law about somebody's status, and we have the Gender Recognition Act in Ireland to deal with that. But you, Neil, might be the victim 
of discrimination or indeed hate because somebody perceives you to be a Catholic, a Protestant, a Jew, a Muslim, gay or straight. And we don't require people in Ireland to have certification or legal status that, for example, they are gay for them to be able to say, I was the victim of a homophobic attack. And the same applies with with gender status. So I think two things have been conflated. But these are technical questions which do need to be but debated it, yeah, and but, more work yeah, needs... But, yeah, but people are maybe just waking up to the actual power of the bill. Um, like, for, like, I could be here all morning talking about it because don't people yeah. have a right to offend? And will that be criminalised, to offend someone? No, 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 it won't. And as I say, there is a lot of work that needs to be done on this bill and we, will, and we were making submissions on this legislation before Ronan ever was in any way aware of it. But he's made... One particular you know, insinuation. You make a no, point there. Hang on a valley minute here. You guys are still holding yourselves up. You, the difference between you and me is you had concerns which you expressed very well initially, and then when you didn't get those necessary changes, you just got on board with the government and you've abandoned your post. I, I was dealing with the Department Ronan, of Justice. Ronan, that's not true. You know it's not oh, true. Sorry, please don't interrupt me. I was, you, you have abandoned your post on this issue. You are, you are basically a tool of the Ronan, government at this stage. Whereas, our whereas position I, on the hate, the hate speech provisions is exactly the same as it was in 2022. Our position on the legislation is exactly the same as it has been. You are welcoming, you welcomed the passage of the legislation through the doll in its extremely flawed and dangerous state. You have abandoned your post. Yeah. Whereas I was in touch with the department. You seem to have some idea that I only took an interest in this issue lately. I had a briefing and was asked some very hard questions of the Department of Justice uh, when all of this was being prepared. I, in fact, there was one change that was made that was probably as a result of my intervention. And But I have been steadfast in saying that, unlike yourself, I have kept to the argument that while there is no definition of hatred, uh, while we have this radical new uh, definition uh, of gender, which could be used in all sorts of ways to to suppress Mm. free and legitimate public concern and parental concern, for example, about biological males inhabiting uh, women-only spaces, for example. How are the civil liberties uh, on that one, Liam? Uh, Well, they have gone missing and, and the Liam? point is because they only they, they, there is a certain ideological I, I love to answer the question okay, I'm, 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 I'm conscious of time so just on no 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 we, we, they should not be. They should not have said that this legislation should pass until those things are addressed okay yeah. final word Liam go ahead well look I think you know people's good faith and motivation I think one of the things we learned this week is that there are certain people in the political system, you know, outside protesting on some of these issues who are not acting in good faith and think that everybody else is part of a conspiracy. Ronan's articulating views. I have different views. We can have a respectful discourse about them. But Ronan insinuated, actually said quite openly, that the motivation of our organisation, the Irish Council for Civil Liberties, which has been working for nearly 50 years in is Ireland... take the money and stay, rights, keep your gob shut. take the money. And I just want to address that because it's important. I think it's a reasonable question, Liam. Ronan, I'm going to have to wrap it, so let him respond to that, because I do need yeah. to move on. Go I, ahead. I, I want to say something unequivocal about this. We don't take any money from central government or from government at all, and we never have, and we never will. So the insinuation that we're trying to get money out of the government, you know, is completely false, and Ronan should withdraw it. 
So I, I, I asked the question legitimately, and I'll ask it again. Yeah, well, if, I, if I see you continuing to fail to challenge the government on the very issues that you brought up, in well, were you Im- were you implying issue. were you implying that they were compromised because of funding? Well, well there is going to be government no, well, money you? available. Is there is saying... going to be government money available if this legislation passes. Okay. And, and there are that's not the point I'm asking. Well, no, we won't be, to, we won't be taking it, Ronan, and we never well, have. You and you know that. that. And, okay. and I'm glad you clarified that on air. So we now have to look for what you. So you're happy to win. Withdraw that, that they were staying silent because the government No, I, I, I got an answer to my question, but I will ask it okay. again and I'll ask other questions. Right. We still have to find the reason why they are abandoning the responsible position they initially took about the dangers in this legislation. But, but we're not, and we never okay. have. Okay. And it suits Roman well, to try to smear all the people. The okay, then. thank why you, gentlemen. Much obliged. I wish I had more time. Liam Herrick, Executive Director of the Irish Council for Civil Liberties and Senator Ronan Mullen. You can text 0868 on that one. Now, the Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. On a free food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. If you're thinking of uh, ordering up some food at the weekend, order Roosters, Piri Piri. So 15 to 20 of you could be fed this lunchtime. Uh, more shout-outs to everybody at Quinlan's Motor Factors at Dennehy's Cross and Blackpool. They're starving Marvin, uh, to Sorsha and everybody at the pharmacy department in the Mercy Hospital. Really busy. Everyone's working really hard to get all the meds to the wards and they'd love a little reward. To Biogold Agri in Killavullen. Loving the show. Morning to Sonia. To everybody listening at the Coatings team in Stryker in Carrick Tool. There's 30 of them starving. St. Francis Unit at St. Mary's Health Campus in Gronabroha are always listening. O'Sullivan's Pharmacy on the Grange Road in Douglas. Bill Brennan's Crash Repair in Blackpool. The Radiology Department at the Matter Private. Good morning to Angela. To all of the staff at Carrigaline Cheese. Uh, would love roosters for lunch. Expert Attic Conversions in Glanmire. To everybody at the Pharmacy Department at the South Infirmary Victoria. They'd share some chicken. Good morning to Karen and all of our colleagues. Stonemasons.ie. They're building a shed this week and ring a skiddy. Those guys get around. Joe's Edge Hair Salon in Blarney. Uh, to McLaren's Loss Adjusters in Ballacarine Cross in Frankfield. To Michael O'Driscoll Motors in Inniscarra. To everybody at Bridgewater Homes in Waterfall. Blockwall Developments in Ballanglana. MCK Electrical in Toker are listening and would love to be sorted for lunch. There's 15 of them. So we'll do one more bunch of shout outs this side of midday. So text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 106 and good luck. We'll pick a winner at around about 10 minutes to midday. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086 8104 106 Red FM. I got an email earlier on this morning from a woman who um, uh, works very hard, hardly ever sees the family. Um, Sunday is the only time that they ever get together because they're working so hard and she also talks about others who just sit back and take all of the allowances and benefits they can and honed in in particular on people who are paid to be carers for special needs children. So it's quite broad um, brush um, of dissatisfaction and frustration. Um, uh, many people say, and I'll just read some of them, person is 100% right, I totally agree, well said, bravo. Others though don't, ask that stupid woman to live on 188 euro per week and pay all the bills out of that. I do. Uh, isn't there always one that has to complain that they're paying for everything? Maybe send the complaints to government because that is why she has to pay for everything and is taxed to the eyeballs. The cheek of her to give out about special needs kids getting the services they deserve. I think she honed in on the fact that there are taxis picking up in the morning, taking them to uh, special needs schools uh, and then taxis bringing them home. 
in the evening. Brilliant rant by the texter. However, she could have used her 10-minute break to look up what tax breaks or working parents' allowance she could be entitled to instead, says Vinny. That last email infuriated me. I'm a carer. I do not sit at home all day. I have to look after my special needs child and my other child. He does one hour of school a day and I drop and collect. This is his first year back in school after two years. I would love nothing more than to go out and work, but unfortunately my circumstances don't allow it. I have no one to mind my child or children or do the drop-offs and deal with all that stuff that goes on along with autism. I have a child in mainstream school who also needs attention and care. I'd love to know where that woman thinks us... uh, I'd love to know... Uh, I'd love to know where that woman thinks us on carer's allowance live a lavish lifestyle. I certainly don't. We have normal bills of any household, plus the extras for therapy, which the social welfare doesn't come close to covering the cost. Uh, As trying to get anything from the HSC is like trying to pull teeth. My son is 11, never received any therapy from the HSC. She sounds so ignorant and disgusting. She needs to educate herself, says Sarah. Another one, is that lady for real criticising carers? Get out the violins. How disgusting. She has no clue. I have two children with special needs. I have to drive the two of them to two different schools for 10 minutes to 9 every morning, collect a younger boy at half past 1 and the older boy at 10 to 4. What an utter snob. I do everything for them. My son got his first appointment with ASD services last month. He was diagnosed at 3 and he's now 16. I can't get a school bus because they're full. So my son is going into school late every morning. And to add to the stress, the diesel I put into the car each week is scandalous. That was the most pathetic email. How dare she? You have no clue. Poor me, I can't go for a coffee. It's all your choice for you both to work and pay massive mortgages, have two cars and pay thousands to put your kids through college. You should actually practice gratitude. You don't have to worry about their care should anything happen to you or if they'll be bullied because of their vulnerabilities. My kids are verbal, thank God, but other kids are not. They can't tell their parents they love them. I'm sick of this kind of hatred. You should count your blessings instead of judging parents of children with special needs. Shame on you. Make more use of your break time than judging others. It's disgusting. Be grateful your children are doing okay. Um, be grateful your children are okay. You will feel less anger and feel better in your soul. Us carers don't need your brutal views. We have enough going on. And one final one, though, in agreement, I completely agree with the email you read out. I live in a council estate and to witness the begging of social welfare by parents of special needs children is a scandal. Kids are brought to school by taxi and bus while two cars sit outside their door. Carers are coming in and minding the children all day, six days a week, while the parents sit at home free to do as they please. Give me a break. Thank God my child is healthy and doesn't have issues so I can work and kill myself providing to just about keep food on the table. I often hear of parents of disabled relatives who've never had respite. But let me tell you, there's plenty others out there milking the system and then complaining that they never get enough. So that's just a broad spectrum of opinions from that one uh, by text to 0868 104 106. Now, I will come back to as much as I can between now and midday, but it may be Monday before I come back to some of the topics we've been talking about again, because it's Friday. I've only got about maybe 35 minutes left and I came across a beautiful story there recently on Cork Bio. It was, and I told you about it earlier on this morning uh, while chatting on air about a deaf and blind dog that was found four days and two miles away uh, from the West Cork home after the storms and found its way home again. It's a 17-year-old family pet 
dogs called Russell. I mean, I was saying that if I were blindfolded and I had earbuds put into my ears and I was put down in the middle of Douglas, I wouldn't be able to find 100 metres up the road to my house. I guarantee you, I would have been hit by a car if I attempted. But that's exactly what Russell did. And Susan, because Russell can't talk to me, not yet anyway, Russell's, um, I suppose, carer or family member joins me by phone. So morning to you, Susan. Morning, Neil. Hi. It's, it's an incredible story of resilience and the aptitude of dogs. I mean, it's incredible. What's what's the entire story? Tell us about it. Uh, well, what happened was in the bad storms, we live in Balabane East, which is near Ballyhob, and we live in a very rural community. We live right up the top of a hill. So our drive from our house is literally probably over a quarter of a mile from the road. Um, and he never usually wanders off for us. So he's 17 years old. He's got arthritis. He's got very bad cataracts and he's completely deaf. And something spooked him and he just went crazy and he started running around. We thought he wanted to go out. He ran out. He ran down the track. And we couldn't even catch up with him. He's a small little um, Jack Russell, on, is he? Uh, yeah, he's a Jack Russell, yeah. All right. Okay. Um, he, he ran onto the road. Uh, my husband was trying to catch him. He, he couldn't keep up with him. He just disappeared out of sight. And that was in the storms of Thursday night, and we had bad weather warnings. Ah, you, um, dogs get so, spooked by that, particularly if there's thunder or lightning yeah. and stuff, yeah. Yeah. That's right. So um, at the time I was in England because I, I work between the two places. We live here, but I do some work in England. Um, my husband phoned me up Thursday night and said he'd gone missing and I was beside myself. I didn't know what to do, well, especially late that night when he phoned and he said he still hadn't returned. So You're I on the next, the next flight home, I suppose, are you? Next flight home, Saturday morning. That's right, first flight I could get. <laughs> in the meantime, I got on social media. The only thing I could do from England gone on every site I could imagine, the local community sites, and I fortunately came across the West Cork um, Animal Welfare Group site uh, and Tory, <laughs> and she immediately rounded up volunteers and got search parties out looking for it. It said hundreds of people did their part. There were very, very many people going out in their own time looking for our little dog, and we were just beside ourselves, not knowing what to do, thinking, are we going to find him ever again? We went out looking as soon as I got off the flight Saturday morning. We were out hunting, looking for him. Um, giving up all hope, really. Giving up all hope. Sunday afternoon, we had a call from a local farmer, Sean Barry. Um, and he said, I found your dog. And we were, we were there. We are straight there in the car, down to meet him. He was about two miles away, curled up against the... Of, stone wall of a ruin shaking like a leaf um sean picked him up brought him to us we brought him home and ever since he's been recuperating i wonder how far did yeah. he stray do you think about two miles about two miles away yes that's unbelievable isn't it uh, but the but the thing is we got him home and he was doing really good he, he's he was starving obviously four days without food in the dark in the cold in the wet um, he was caked in, in mud and, and cow pats and everything. So we bathed him off. We gave him some food. He was really, really hungry. He was shaking. That legs were a little bit wobbly, but that's probably because he was sitting out in the damp for a long while with arthritis. Oh, he's, he's got arthritis. Um, he's got cataracts. As well. He's deaf yeah, and deaf. blind. Is he blind as well? Yep, yeah, and he... Yeah, his cataracts partially blind he is. He can't see very well at all unless you're right in front of his face. 
Oh my God! Yeah, he must so have been just running, was, running in the dark, in the dark as well, exactly, sightless and in terror. Exactly. But then when we brought him home and we fed him, we got him well. On, on Monday he was doing okay. Tuesday started to go downhill a bit, so we were really concerned. And his his fur had this sort of moisture on. Didn't know what it was. And when we found he'd been attacked by a blowfly and they'd got in his body. Um, so he had all the lava coming out of him, maggots oh, coming out of him. It was terrible. He's had a tough run of it, hasn't he? So yeah, 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 we did immediately. The vet was amazing. We took him straight down, saw him straight away, cleaned up the wound, got him antiseptic to put on it, gave him baths and everything, gave him loads of antibiotic shots. Um, and he's starting to eat again. He's picking up a little bit. He's still quite weak, but he's standing up now. He's drinking water. He's being more alert and observant. And I just think he's an amazing wonder dog for a 17-year-old animal, really. At 17 years old, there's not much left in the tank for the poor misfortune, so there's not. No. No, but he's doing quite well today. Yeah. Now, can I just have a quick word, if you don't mind, with Tori? Because you mentioned Tori, yep. the West Cork Animal Yes, she's been group. amazing. And it also shows the importance of social media where you can garner the troops. Tori, good morning. Good morning, Nile, and good morning, Sue. How are you? Poor old, poor old Russell. And um, Russell, as in Jack Russell. I think he has a brother called Jack. Has he? Is he the same age? He did have. He was. They were brothers, but Jack sadly died two years ago. He had a heart condition. (laughs) I mean, he's he's buried on our land, and he's got his little headstone because we are dog lovers. (laughs) Clearly, (laughs) Tory, job job well done. You managed to round the troops. I think did you? Oh, thank you so much, Nile. Yes, and uh, just to commend Russell, he's 17 years old with all these conditions. It's absolutely incredible story. And I think even more so because he's such a vulnerable old dog. Yeah. Yes, so I got a message on on Thursday evening from a distraught Sue, Susan, and she just said, our little dog's gone missing and he's, he's very old. And oh, So I immediately posted it. So the next morning, um, Sue actually rang me from the UK and we went over everything. And I actually would know um, Sue's husband and I would know the area. I'm not a million miles away. It's rugged terrain. So, oh, it is. It is. And there's a huge amount of farms and bo- and there's a wind farm up there. So it's it's a massive open area. So I did say, to, I did give Sue a few tips about leaving out clothes and just to go and research an area. It actually is a good tip for people even if they think they've searched an area, because that area was searched now several times. Yeah, so it was, must yeah. Have been hiding, yeah, and whatever. So what I did was I put up an urgent plea again. I put them up morning, evening. I still had a feeling, you see, the first 24 hours with a vulnerable dog is absolutely crucial. The first 48 hours, you think, maybe. But I, I had a feeling he was still alive. I kept telling Sue, I have a feeling he's a good way from home and he is still alive. Because um, they really can run these old dogs. They may not be able to cross your Well, in fright, absolutely, in panic and disorientation. So thank yeah. Absolutely, everybody. Um, I just rallied the truth. What I said to Sue, can I get a search party? She said, yes. The amount of people, uh, Margaret and family from Clonakilty, people from Denise from Dunmanway, people from Bantry, Skibbereen, everybody, yeah. even yeah, I yeah. on Saturday, because I do Skibbereen. Uh, market and after the market I, I searched the church crossing because I thought you never know he might even go I know, further I know, I know. but it was a needle in a haystack Niall and Sean Barry is the real hero here well said. and well also said. Yeah. the veterinary team to Tim and his and his colleagues in, in Ballydehub and to Matthew and everybody and to Sue and her husband the care this dog is getting and his fans on Facebook I've had messages everywhere all over Europe people from America everywhere just wishing this dog we've even, in we've, love 
I was going to say, we've even had um, people on Facebook asking mm. him to turn on the lights in Skibbereen this year. <laughs> the <laughs> Christmas my lights. <laughs> I like and it. And he actually... He actually made the newspaper in England, the Mirror newspaper in England as well. Well, listen, it's a great story and I'm delighted he's back. He, listen, Russell, Russell needs to be curled up in front of the fire in his own little bed and never stray from the kitchen again. He won't. <laughs> Take care. Much obliged to you both. Thank you, Tori, and thank you, Susan. That's a good luck story. Just a happy story and a great finish to it. Text 0868104106 back after the break. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818-104-106. Yes, indeed. Lovely text there saying the animal rescue and volunteers are amazing. Munster, Lost and Found and Cork Dog and other charities do fantastic work and they need a lot of support. People can donate, particularly if they loved that story you just spoke about. Now, we have one more opportunity to text who you are and where you are. Free Food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park and we'll pick a winning company. It'll feed up to 15 or 20 of you. We'll do that um, at about five minutes, six minutes to midday. So you've got 15 minutes now to text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. While at the same time, I welcome in studio uh, Reggie, who I believe, among other things, is deciding to go on tour um, because he's thinking about running for president. But just ahead of all of that, and that is a, a big step even for Reggie. Morning, Reginald. How art thou? Hello, Ulstrop. I'm very good. I'm just chatting there about... Um, about food um, and roosters and it um, just comes to my mind you wouldn't be the kind of guy that would eat a burger would you or uh, I, would, I, would, or, I would absolutely would yeah. you go to a, would you go to a, a chipper or would no, you would, you never know who you'd meet look, would you ever go to Lennox's or <laughs> no, KC if not at all if I'd be standing next to a plumber in the queue for chippers no, I would have a range of horse boxes in the grounds of my 6.8 million euro mansion on the Black Sock Road do you notice that now that all food comes out of a horse box That's right. and you take one bite of the burger and you realise what happened to the horse oh, you know what I mean no. There are, kids, there are kids being born that never knew that horse boxes were for Absolutely. horses. Absolutely, yeah. But I think, what's, you know, all the horses who were in them realise what's going into the burger. Maybe there's a horse in the restaurant. Uh, yeah, the precisely. Takeaway. So I've got I've a, a bunch of, um, and always have a hipster inside. You know, you hipsters serve me people with facial hair and that's just the women. So I've, I've a group of them serve me. So I wouldn't be going out because you'd never, you'd bump into it down in Douglas Village or something like that. Yeah, but you're missing out a great experience though to, to mix with the real people. The ordinary people. In the, in the line-up at KC, well, you meet all sorts of walks of life. Well, this is the problem, and this is why, because as you mentioned, I'm running for president in, in, in 2025, President of Ireland. So, unfortunately, I'm going to have to go out and meet you the are. ordinary people yeah. of Ireland, which so is a So a good nightmare. practice run would be the Q&KCs. No, 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 because you meet all sorts of people who have been day drinking and stuff like that, so <laughs> I'm much safer for me. I'm actually starting with a tour of rural Ireland, so <laughs> I'm going out to meet the ordinary people. I'm going to reach out to the ordinary people, you know, without touching them, unless they're gorgeous, Neil. Um, but, <laughs> so that's, so, uh, this is difficult for me. I mean, in a way, it would be an advantage to me running for president if I've met an ordinary person, but how would I? How would I? Do I that? just told you how to do it. Queuing in KCs. No, I mean, no. Bonty Harrington went down there once, and he came back and he started calling everyone "boy" and "Kelly <laughs> Mancha" and that kind of stuff. So, no, you'd be very careful. You, you know, it isn't just food poisoning. You'd pick up not in KCs, obviously. In some of these places, you come back with an accent, Neil, and uh, you'd be out of the Captain's Cork industry. If you if you go touring uh, in rural Ireland, um, among other things, uh, you'll also probably, as you said yourself recently, find out that they haven't really advanced in personal hygiene. No, so, no. So you are you going to shake hands? 
Well, I, you, uh, the good thing, I suppose, about COVID is that we have all got these kind of protective, you know, PPE stuff around. You're a fist bumper. Around. A fist bumper, I'd have gloves, uh, obviously, <laughs> and masks and stuff. No, 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 I'm on a stage, right? And um, I'll be driving. So I'm going to various places around County Cork to start. Ballycotton, uh, Lep. Wait right. a second. Ballycotton is in East Cork. I know, desperate as Reggie doesn't go east. Oh, Reggie, it's a nightmare, absolutely. Reggie I mean, goes to the danger of Baltimore. The tide is out. no. God, no, that's for wannabes. From Crookhaven, Douglas. then. Yeah, Crook. Okay. But I wouldn't even go ashore in Crook anymore, to be honest with you now, because it's all Douglas people talking about the price of their new kitchen. No, no, no. So I'd just, I'd, I'd might more the 50 footer out off it, but that'd be about it. But I'm how are you going to, have you a driver that will show you and take well, you to, I'll you sail, wouldn't be able to find Ballycotton. I'll sail to Ballycotton and I'm going to Lep, so I'll be able to sail into Glandor there. Bantir is difficult. I'm going to Bantir as well. But Bunty Harrington has a tank that he used, he bought it to go to GA matches up in Dublin, but sure, Cork is no need for that. Um, so I'll take Bunty's tank up to Bantir. Very handy. So <laughs> protection, is it? Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. You know, the key, obviously, is I, I don't have to make eye contact with the locals. It's going to be a lot of firsts for me, but I think it's very important because I want to give back um, to the people of Ireland who've, who've given me so much by not taking any tax off me over the years. Um, so uh, giving back, so I'll be running for for or So you're challenging yourself then? Well, I suppose, yeah, it's about time to push out the boat. It's the closest thing I'll ever have to have a job. Um, <laughs> now, I mean, the big danger is, do you know my team tune for the campaign? No. Highway to hell. You know ACDC. <laughs> do you know why? Because if I win, I'm going to have to move to Dublin. Can you imagine? It's a nice gaff, though, or it's an oak drop. Yeah, tiny. Awful. Have you seen the size of it? An awful never, look. And it's on the north side of Dublin. It's I've never been, again. no. But the yeah. gardens, I mean, isn't it in the Phoenix Park, your own private park? Oh, God, yeah. Surrounded by people, yeah. I, I won't talk about the kind of things that go on. And it's picnicking now. It's kind of the clean side of what goes on in the Phoenix Park. More like dogging. So, no, no, I won't be. I, but what I'll do is, I think the best thing to do is, um, I'll probably just leave it out in Airbnb. I'm not going to move up to Dublin. So why would I bother doing that? But uh, I leave it out in Airbnb. There's a thought there. We could move the presidency to Cork. Well, why not? So, I mean, look, do you know, right, the, the key thing is, do you know where Michael D. Higgins is from? He's a Galway man. No, you see, he's not. Isn't he? He's from Limerick. Joking. Not joking. Correct. Michael D. Higgins, he kept that quite. Now, if I was from Limerick, I'd keep it quiet. <laughs> do you know what the population of Limerick is, Neil? 150,000? 7 million. But they won't put it down in the census form because they're too embarrassed. Half them put down Cork. Right? But so that we've had a Limerick man sitting up there in the doll, right, with his stories about human rights and equality and poems. Oh, Jesus, his poems. Um, so I'm going to be a change for that. Be much more crack. Bring the crack back into it and do it from Cork, right? So bring people in. You know, loads of flights coming to Cork Airport now, still the president of Peru coming in and stuff like that. <laughs> you mentioned Ga there, and was it Bunty's tank? Yeah. You wouldn't be a Ga man. You're, you're, no, a, no, rug, you're a rugby man, surely. Bunty is awful fetish. He loves GA women. Right, it's a, it's a serious What's perversion. the attraction? I don't know what it is. He's a total pervert. Is it their dress? Is it their looks? Is it how they speak? I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I think they look good in the jerseys, honestly. I think he finds them very approachable and they're, they're after him for his money, obviously. But um, it's an awful perversion. He's getting treatment for it. Hopefully now we'll get him switched around back to the rugby. But he's a female gas supporter. Oh, no, it's not unusual to see him at a junior C game in Castle Martyr. <laughs> You know, and of course we've we've ta- we've fired. I him think out that's the- possibly a prosecutable offence. <laughs> well, no, well, it comes to Cork. And this is what you do: is we fire him out of the cannon down in Crosshaven. You know, the starting cannon. So we fire him over. I said we've had to. The United Nations have got us to stop, um, because it's a it's a cruel and unusual punishment because people are ending up in Cove. So we fire them out of Crosshaven. So it's not the cannon isn't the problem, but they're ending up in Cove. Cove is the problem. Oh, you tell me about it. Tell me about it. <laughs> but I was talking about rugby though, because I would have thought you'd be glued to the Rugby World Cup. Particularly the fact that Ireland are favourites and we got a great Cork oh, contingent and I all that kind of thing. But first of all, there isn't a huge Cork contingent, and there, yeah, I mean, I would a bit to be honest. But you know, I'd, I'd have a problem. Look, I had to post a video 
I felt bad doing it. But you know Peter Romani, who's one of the, the key core contingents. There you go. Peter Romani lives in Blackrock, right? Now, not, not, he lives in Castle Road, so it's the cheap bit of Blackrock, but he lives in, in, in Blackrock. <laughs> Peter Romani can't afford his own gardener. How do you make that out? Because he has videos on Instagram, and I don't know if you've seen them. Peter Romani's Instagram feed is full of him doing his own garden. <laughs> and we've had a word to him and said, Peter, you can't be living down in Blackrock and doing, you're only dragging the whole area down. Right, so what I'm doing is I'm, and I'm, this, I'm putting the word out now, by the way, I'm going to, when he comes back from the World Cup, hopefully it won't be too soon, I'm going to give him a gardener. Like, this is ridiculous. You give him your one. gardener on No, home. no, no, you must be joking. Sure, my gardener, I, my gardener speaks Latin. He wouldn't be able to converse with him. No, no, but I give him, I, I'm going to, I pay for his gardener. Sure, look, he's obviously spent all the money on the house in Castle Road. There's no money left. But, but I, he'd I, have I a small old garden by comparison to yours, though, I'm sure. Oh, tiny, yeah. Sure, mine is, as I said, mainly full of horse boxes. But 15 acres. Yeah, you can't see it. I can't even see it from the sky or it's not Google Maps. Right? So that's got to be from the Blackrock Road all the way down to not maybe the Atlantic Pond, perhaps all the way down to the estuary. Close, close down to the estuary. Yeah. Have you, have you, have you see, have you water access in it? Well, no, I have an electric fence down there. Jeez, <laughs> wouldn't know who's trying to get into you. But you know, I'd have, I'd have obviously, I'd have a number of pontoons going out into the river. For um, look, you never know the revenue might raid. <laughs> so I'd have high speed, uh, high, you know, I'd have speedboats on standby there twenty four seven, just in case I need to be in France quickly. You know, <laughs> yeah. The only reason I go to France is to escape the revenue, not to go to a rugby there, match. Was there was there a bit of a rant about our own Ronan O'Gara though recently? Have you seen his attempts to speak French? I mean, Neil, you know, for someone like me who spends a lot of my life trying to seduce open minded women from Montpellier, it's no joke then. <laughs> For them, you should never let a Bishopstone person speak French. And it's showing. Have you seen him? Have you heard his attempts I, I, to speak I, I, French? I don't know about that, but I certainly have a clip um, of a piece of this. Uh, I mean, it could well be you ranting. I haven't heard it yet, but I want to have a listen. In a second. The discussion with I prefer if it was Léon or Bordeaux, I m'en f***ing fou. A Dublin at the Outsiders. Sandy on their favourites. L'opportunity is f***ing enormous. But come on, today a zero. A zero. Who's that? That's Ronan O'Gara speaking to his team. It's not, it's not you. It's not you. No, 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 no. I don't speak French. I speak French properly. That's Ronan O'Gara <laughs> speaking his intercert French to the French team. And they were all saying, oh, God, it's great motivation. You should have seen their faces in the video. Have you seen the video? Are they, are they laughing at his One French? of them's calling him an ambulance. Right? They think he's having some kind of medical event. Because he's trying to speak French to them. And he's cursing. And I've said it, it's terribly hard. Irish people have no business trying to speak French, scratching around for some half-remembered phrase from their intercert. Right? And I've, I've offered, you know, so like giving him French lessons and a gardener. I've just gone, the rugby players, Cork rugby players. They're costing me a fortune trying to civilise them, Neil. But um, I might give them a copy of my new book, by the way. Did I tell you about that coming out next month? Reggie's Guide to Social Climbing. I'm very busy at the moment. Volume 2, is this? No, Volume 1. Reggie's Guide. So it's actually, we had the live show, but now it's 24 Steps. Oh, that's it. That's yeah. 24 Steps. Reggie's Guide. So it's a book coming out with New Island Publishers <laughs> next month. 24 Steps to Social Climbing. So you have to ladder. follow the 24 yeah. Steps I mean, to the get to your destination. We'll only give you 12 Steps. Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm giving you 24 Steps, right? Very generous. What, what are you guaranteeing then? Does it come with a guarantee? I'll give you your money back if it doesn't work. I don't be joking. Me. No, well, no. 24 Steps. I know, but look, I, I don't know who I'm dealing with. Like, I might have somebody from Dunamore pick this up. They're not going to go anywhere. There's no point, you know. I can't help it who reads the book. But if you're of, of if you're a person of good faith and you're willing to give it a try, I can get you to wrong two of the social ladder. You're never going to make wrong one. Don't be wasting your time. But I can get you. What to is wrong, wrong two. one? It's myself and Bunty and the lads. <laughs> what is Cor- wrong two? Captains of Cork Insy. Well, wrong two now would be Doctor Dentist Volvo XC90. And the kids go skiing um, in the, on, on, on their school tour. What? Where would I be on the wrong of twenty four? You live in Douglas. You could be... What kind of car do you drive? 
I'm not going to tell you that. All right, then you're wrong four. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I need to know about that. <laughs> Fellow that denies driving his car. <laughs> no, because I just, it's too much. Oh, well, what if I were to say if it was a Mini Cooperman hybrid? Wrong three. Oh, really? That yeah. draws me down. What You're a teacher. That's a teacher. <laughs> Is that a teacher's That's car? That's a teacher in a primary school in, 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 in Cladophia. <laughs> so, but again, I can get her to wrong too. Absolutely. Just, you know, the things, what to drink at a, when you're being, when you're in a beautiful house, how to behave at a barbecue, all these kind of things. How to go cycling, the new, the new thing for, how to hang around with solicitors when they go cycling. All that kind of stuff. So the gang will be with you as well in Sea Church, I suppose, won't they? Ducky and Bunty and well, Milky and the I, Yeah, I mean, I obviously I won't be travelling alone down to places like that, so I'll have a security detail. Um, or still, yeah, Bunty, all the lads, Sloppy Coppinger, Scobie's still in jail, my accountant, but... Um, for carrying the one, but he doesn't care. It's, it's, it's the <laughs> carrying blue. the one. He forgot to carry the one. So, but he's a white collar unit in Mountjoy. He doesn't care. The food is amazing. So, um, but yeah, Milky Pilkington, top of stage. But it's sold out, is it? Belly Cotton sold out. Yeah. Why don't you do two shows? Well, I might. Here's I an might. idea. You've right. got a you've got an eight thirty. Yeah. Do a ten to ten thirty. I'd normally be home at that stage. <laughs> do we want to spending that much time down in Belly Cotton? I'd probably come back with a greyhound. Or something. They're mad for the grey. But otherwise, you'll disappoint. Well, I don't want to disappoint. But there are other. There, if you listen, there's no shortage of tour tour dates. So I'm going to band here. I'm going to. I've won. I haven't quite announced it yet. But there is a, ga- a date in December close to the city, Monkstown Neil, which, as we know, is Passage, passage West with Volvos. Is there a re- is there a venue big enough for you in Monkstown though? Um, St John's. Is that big? It's lovely. It's oh. going to be lovely. Uh, this is an intimate. This is intimate. I want to. I'm reaching out, as I said, to ordinary people. You can do people. it in the inside, maybe. Well, <laughs> the might, I might come down after there quickly for for a Negroni or something. But and then I'm at, back in the Everyman next year as well. Back in the Everyman uh, in April as well. A couple of dates there. But I'd be. I, I look. I'm running for president, so it turns out the votes on the rest of the. Con- I mean, uh, you know, people in Sligo. You'll have, have to a go vote. national. Like I'm going. No, I'm going. I'd be. I'm going to be looking to go to places like Limerick and Kerry. Etc. In the new year, so I need more than a tank for that. But um, yeah, so no, this is. So I'm, I'm going to try. Garner the help of the Healy Rays. They could show you all the hot spots around Kerry. Well, no, I am actually um, between yourself and myself. I'm actually talking to them as well, just about how to be a politician, how to be an effective politician. Uh, so we, they're they're working on the app to translate what they're saying to me because I haven't a clue. But um, so they're working on this some kind of app to translate their stuff into my beautifully spoken language. I think maybe the person who could give you the greatest amount of guidance to being a politician would be Trump. No? Yeah, I don't know. He's written the book, like. He has. I've read that book, The Art of the Deal. Yeah, but Trump's quite poor. He's only, how many, what's he worth? It's actually quite a middle-ranking kind of... Depends on what day of the week. Well, Sometimes he's a middle-ranking billionaire, you know, so I, I wouldn't be following Donald Trump. No, no, I mean, I want to be... I, I, he's a very divisive character. Uh, and I, I want to be for all the people. And, and you know, and, and part of it is it's a campaigning, it's, it's, it's a missionary position for me, and not that kind of missionary position, where I, just, I want to raise the people up to rung two on the social ladder as well. So that's running hand in hand. But mainly, I want to be the antidote... To Michael D with his poetry and his limerick ways. Okay, you've got a long battle ahead of you, pal. When you when you die, though, what are you going to do with all that money? Where is it going to go? I have two children. Okay. Um, I can't remember their names now. <laughs> They're always with the nannies. We have four nannies each for them. Uh, but I suppose it'll go to them. Look, I'll tell you where it won't be going, Neil. Charity. <laughs> That's the one thing I can tell you. Cause Why? Would you not want to do good and give it away? Uh, well, no, I mean, I. you know what? I give it to charity now before I give it to art. If someone knows someone had put up some kind of you know the things they put up on roundabouts outside Cashel there's a great danger I wouldn't be giving it to the arts right bunch of I won't say it but um, no I, I won't no 
Like, look, it'll be, it's, it's, it's hidden all over the world, right? So I can't really say what I'm going so to do. So the kids it. then will get it and they then will. they'll pee it up against the wall. Well, never look, work for a living. Never do anything. Yeah, well, look, not that you it ever didn't did. Do anything. me any harm? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't do me any harm. That's the way that they'll learn. I hope they've learned well from their father. <laughs> Off to visit forgotten Ireland, those small villages that have been bypassed by progress and the advances in personal hygiene. Absolutely, and fashion. That's the other thing. I'm going to be showing them a thing or two about fashion. <laughs> honestly, you know the kind of short sleeve check shirt. Where do you shop? Um, do you know actually where I bought her suit recently? And this is the truth. Tony's. Ah, Abs- cream of the crop then. Oh, totally. Now, Tony got me in this. I, I mean, you wouldn't go to Michael Guiney's though, no? No. Hardly Where? if you wouldn't queue oh. up and kick. <laughs> no. Don't, and to, I'm not buying off the rack in Tony's. Tony has a guy in, in Italy, in Portofino in Italy, so I'd go down there and then Tony would, through him, would, would deal with that. Like So that's the way it's all done. <laughs> you get five at a time, probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, because I'd be leaving them. I have to leave a lot of houses in a hurry. So I tend to kind of lose clothes, Neil. I won't go into the details, but I have to leave a lot of bedrooms in a hurry. So I, I have five suits of the same. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, give me a break! Um, so there's no point asking people to go and buy tickets for sea charges sold out. It's no sold point out. even no, asking. I might, you. I might go back. I might go back to them and say, "Look, can we squeeze in another date?" If there was because we're, we're sold out a month ahead of the date, like it's October 13th. Yeah, and I'd love to give away a couple of tickets for it as well. Is that is that me with the begging bowl? Is that all right? Yeah. Are well, no, wait, you know what you can do? You what? can give away a copy of the book uh, for now. Is that okay? One, is it? Reggie's Guide. Okay, give away two copies of Reggie's Guide to Social Climbing. How many do you want? It hasn't helped you with your generosity all that money, has it? No. <laughs> where do you, listen, where do you think this didn't mind? I went and learned from my father. Don't be giving stuff away. I can get where I am today and I'll be giving away stuff to fellas who won't tell me what kind of car he drives. You sound like Reggie Perrin. <laughs> Big Reggie is my father. The one thing he said, never give anything away to anyone. And, uh, except Neil Prendival if he's promoting your shows. I'll give you two copies of the book. Oh my God, Reggie's thank you Guide so much. Reggie's Guide to Social Climbing and that's out next month but it's available for pre-order in New Island if you're stuck. Okay, we'll open the phone lines on that one. Two copies of the book and you should be glad that you're getting them, lads. Glad that you're getting them. 0818104106. Say hello to Bunty. Poppy and Ducky and Milky and Scobie and Lachlan and all of the gang. I will, of course. And it's good to see you. Likewise, they say hi. <laughs> Driver outside to take you home, I'm sure. Chopper. <laughs> Reggie Bob. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 Cork's Red FM. Okay, last bunch of free food Friday shout-outs before I love you and leave you. We're playing out today live in studio again. We've got another great artist in studio by the name of Colin Landers. More about that in a minute. But the last bunch of shout-outs include Catch a Pest Control in Churchfield, Ego Hair Salon, who are working hard today, the Lighthouse Centre in Balancolic, looking after the kids, to everybody, the Rapid Prostate Cancer Clinic in Orchard Centre, the Orchid Centre in the CUH, to Engtech Engineering Supplies in Mallow, to the Human Resources Department of the Clayton Hotel in Laps Key, to Cork County Council's District Office, morning to Annabella, to everybody at Hennessy's Hair and Beauty in Pembroke Street, Crazy Monkey Skate and E-Scooter Repair Shop, the Architectural and Metal Systems in Little Island, Foley's Plumbing in Toker, Operation Transport Staff in the Port of Tivoli, the Cheeky Puffs in the Locks, the Innovative Total Solutions in Middleton who are listening, everybody who's selling, uh, particularly Adam, selling fresh fruit and veg in, Tomo- in Fermoy Town at the moment. They need feeding. Northside Tires on the Mallow Road, Ready Mix Trucks in Granada, the uh, accountants, car accountants from Tomorrow Road are listening. Easy Living Logistics. Morning to Rathpeak and Fireplaces. Loretto Secondary School Teachers. Power Aggregates and Carry Tool. Jenkins in Little Island. And just another few. ND Painting in Little Island. Also, everybody at Innescara Motorworks. Uh, and the Pet Stop on the Kinsale Road. Now, we'll pick 
week, a free food Friday winner in a few minutes' time, feeding between 15 and 20 of you, courtesy of ourselves, and Roosters, Perry Perry, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. But before we do that, tonight is Culture Night, and there's an awful lot of events happening, just not just across the city, but the county as well. <clears throat> so I was looking at it there recently. If you look at West Cork, they've got a lot of stuff happening down in Skibbereen. They've got ukulele lessons on. They've got uh, a song session in Ballardy Hob, an Irish music and song session in Ballardy Hob. In East Cork, there's uh, uh, the there's a big tour of the original, uh, sorry, the original Middleton Distillery, the free tour also of um, Yaw Clock Tower. Tapas is going on in the wine bar. In North Cork, there's a big walk through the town of, of, of Donorail. And in Carrigaline, there's a big parade with a 40-foot dragon. There's loads happening in this city, way more than they can go through in the few minutes that I have. But you can get full details of Culture Night online by just searching for Culture Night Cork. But one thing that is happening um, tonight is, uh, is a fabulous, innovative idea. And that is live music on the buses, I believe culture buses if you like Raphael Olimpio is going to be one of those that will be taken to the buses this evening and will tell us all about it Raphael good morning good morning how's it going what's going on so these are there's an orange route a pink route a green route there's all sorts of different routes but what will you be doing on the buses so there's six of us uh, and we'll all be doing different I guess types of music different genres there's uh, I'll be doing rap music spoken word and sharing some poetry uh, whereas the other artists, I guess, are doing some indie music, some rock, uh, a mixture of everything, really. So we're doing, we're performing on a bus uh, with instruments and with a PA system. So you're going to load it all onto what? The top floor of a double decker or single decker or what? Uh, single. It's going to be a single one. Um, we did a rehearsal there last week and... Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I think uh, it's, it's, it's well-structured, it's organised. But uh, I guess we'll we'll work it out with the crowd. So this starts on uh, this evening, as I say, runs every 30 minutes on the half hour. But like where they're running from, if people want to jump aboard. Um, so it starts uh, at the City Hall from about half six. And then there's the different routes, as you said, there's the orange route, pink route, green route. So I'm that would signify pink. north side, south side, east or west, I suppose, would it? Yeah, 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 to a certain degree. Uh, for example, uh, the green route starts from Anglesey Street to UCC. Uh, pink route starts from like Terence McSweeney uh, Key to Collins Barracks, uh, all the way to Blackpool. And then, uh, yeah. It's kind we of get like, the general gist, yeah, 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 yeah. And are they all performers from all different parts of the world, yourself included, I think, yeah? Yeah, yeah, it's a very, uh, I guess, there's a big variety of acts from different places all over the world. Uh, I myself uh, was born in Togo, West Africa. There's a French act. There's there's Italian. There's so much. Yours is an amazing story because you spent a couple of years in direct provision, didn't you? I'd love to chat with you at another time with more um, time Definitely. available. You know, because I'd say I'd say you had a tough old challenge when you were young, did you? Yeah, yeah, and that's what I guess. If you if some someone's gonna hop on the bus today, you're gonna I guess get to know me a bit more because I talk a, uh, a lot about my experiences through my music, through my poetry. Um, so yeah, uh, I guess I talk about the challenges that I faced in dark provision, 
uh, challenges of being a migrant growing up in a, in a different country. Oh, we need to talk about um, that, Raphael, in the next week or two, my friend. We need to talk about yeah. that more. Okay. Listen, I'm, I'm um, on. the clock is ticking on me now, but I believe we will, I believe in my heart that we will chat again. Can anybody just jump on and off those buses? They're free of charge. Big family event, free really, if you like. Uh, all families, it's family, uh, family, family friendly, so open to everybody and it's free. So please do hop on and, uh, I guess, get to experience it for yourself as we're experiencing it experiencing it for the first time as well. So okay, good great. luck with it. Everything will go really well. It'll be a lovely evening for it as well. Listen, you heard it here first, guys. 30 minutes from City Hall on the half hour, starting at half past six. Last bus leaves at half past nine. Have a great night, Raphael. We'll chat again, all right? And you. Thank you. Take Dr. care, my man. That's a great initiative. That's one they haven't done before, and it's great to be doing new and different things. Uh, Free Food Friday winner in a couple of seconds' time, but I have to say, in studio this morning, we're joined by Colin Landers. His dad, Kenneth, is in studio as well, thanks to Owen Hennessy and Live Music Promotions Ireland. 16-year-old lad in, um, is it fourth year in St. Coleman's in Middleton? Yeah, fourth year. So yeah. you got the morning off, did you? Uh, I had to go in there for a bit, but I got collected early, so it wasn't too bad. Because <laughs> you're a superstar, you're a musician, you need to perform. What are you going to do for us, pal? I'm going to do uh, This Is The Life by Amy MacDonald. Love it, go for it. Singing the song, singing this is the life And you wake up in the morning and you're ready to face the signs And you wanna know when you wanna go Where you gonna sleep tonight And you singing the song, singing this is the life And you wake up in the morning and you're ready to face the signs And you wanna know when you wanna go Where you gonna sleep tonight Where you gonna sleep tonight And I'm rolling, taxi for rain, you're waiting outside. Jimmy's front door, and nobody's in, nobody's on sales for. And you're sitting there with nothing to do, talking about motherfucking and a smart to go. Oh, where do you wanna go? Where you all see it tonight? And you're singing the song, singing this is the life. And you wake up in the morning and you're ready to face the signs, and you wanna know where you wanna go. Where you all see it tonight? Singing the song, singing this is the life And you wake up in the morning and you're ready to sing the songs I didn't want to know where you want to go Where you gonna see it tonight? Where you gonna see it tonight? Where you gonna sleep tonight? 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 Where you gonna sleep tonight? Sleep 
smiley face looking up at me. Yeah. It's, I'm absolutely speechless. And it's difficult for me not to be able to speak. <laughs> you're what, 16? Yeah, 16 years of age, yeah. I can only imagine what you're going to be like when you're 20 <laughs> or 21. <laughs> that yeah. is incredible. Thanks very much. Oh, my God. Where'd you get that talent from? Your dad, your mam? The apple fall far from the tree? Or All what? over, really. <laughs> my dad's an abandoned. My mam is a singer as well. She used to go on her, by herself as well, singing. Wow. Yeah. Man, that is incredible stuff. That really and truly is. So you were on the Nathan Carter show, weren't you? you yeah, won. I was, yeah. Wasn't, what did you win on, on Lisa? Was it Cork's Got Talent? Yeah, Cork's Got Talent, yeah. I, uh, I didn't win. I uh, came second in it. But, yeah, it was a great privilege to I be I think there, you're yeah. going to do an awful lot of winning. Thanks very much. Is this, is this your chosen path now? Do you think this yeah. is what you want to I do? I love music, yeah. I've always loved music, yeah, so... Oh, my God. You are yeah. incredible. Thanks very much. It's a great way to round off the week's programming. It's great that you came in and played for us, Colin Landers. Well done. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. We'll keep a close eye. Don't be a stranger. Stay in touch. I won't, I won't. You're busking? You. Do you do any kind of... What do you do? Yeah, I, I do busking. I do a lot of gigs as well, but the gigs have kind of calmed down now since the school's coming up. Ah. Hit the but, um, I'm doing a lot of like wedding uh, drinks receptions. <laughs> yeah, so. I love Your doing fourth them. year is a DOS anyway, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, as you call it, a DOS. But... Go back to school. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you had the power to tell you to take the rest of the day off. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. What a lovely young fella. Great to see you, man. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. Colin Landers. You should be very proud of him, Dad. Well done, Kenneth. Thanks 10 so out of 10, pal. Great young fella. Right, we're out of time, guys. Free Food Friday winners this week. If we can get a good shout out out of them, should be Premier Auto Parks in Paula Duff Road. When I say they've been texting since Christ came down off the cross, it's true. Kira, good morning. Hello. Have you got a radio on there? Turn it down. I want a big shout out from you, so turn the wireless down. Turn that thing. Okay, so how many of you are there? How many of us are there? There's like 10. 10, okay. So I want the biggest show. Oh, can, you, can you share the food with other businesses out there in Paladoff? No, we keep it for ourselves. Okay. Okay, eat, eat twice as much of it, so. Give me the biggest shout-out you can for the weekend and Roosters Piri Piri's on the way. Go for it. Come on, we all have to shout-out, come on. The radio's on, lad, so it's wrecking my head here. So it's just a big shout-out, Kira. Go for it. That's appalling. That's just appalling. I'd say it was all right if there was only two or three of you. Big one! <laughs> A big one against one. I'd hate to be getting getting an auto part from you guys. You couldn't find it on the shelf for me, I'd say. But anyway, food's on the way. Enjoy it. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. That's it. We're out of time. I'll talk to you on Monday. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.